Welcome to Coldcast. I am Nate, and I'm here with our guests, Ben. Can I say Ben? Is that fine? <laughs> A.K.A. Is it? It's Got Milk, right? It is indeed. Got Milk, and with Jim. And Jim, do you have a handle? Yeah, yeah, it's Elwood. Elwood. Okay, cool. So I'm here with our two guests from Offsec. Uh, I'm very excited to have them on. Uh, I almost feel like it's it's been like a, a, a lifetime goal uh, to, to speak with you guys. Um, I'm going to have to get some autographs after this. But anyway, <laughs> so um, I'm here. Yeah, you can just fax me the, the autograph. That'll work. There we go. There we go. <laughs> social distance autograph, yeah. Yeah, social distance. So I'm here with, with our two guests. Um, we're going to be diving into Offsec, and I want to, to in a sense, demystify Offsec because uh, you know as someone who's just gone through you know the oscp you know and the basic i feel like the basic you know certification process like i feel like there's a lot of mystery uh kind of behind the company and who you all are and whatnot so i like to kind of shed some light on you know what offsec is like you know what you guys have going on um who you are and you know how, how the company kind of came to be so um, i'm just going to dive right into it um both of you guys can you you know, tell me who you are, tell, you know, tell our audience who you are and, uh, you know, how long you've been with Offsec and, you know, what you kind of do there. Um, and Jim, we can start with you. All right. So I'll, I'll be first in the fire. Uh, so, so Jim O'Gorman, I've been with Offsec for, um, quite a while. Um, I, I, I don't remember, um, I don't remember exactly when all this started because it, there was this, uh, long time period at the beginning where, um, I wasn't full time with the company, but I, I was essentially involved in everything that was that was going on, and so um, it was it was long a long time ago. Um, we uh, anymore? What do I do? Uh, title is chief uh, content and strategy officer, which is kind of like a made up thing that they gave me because it's it's hard to define exactly what I'm what I'm doing. Um, I, I'm, I'm the lead instructor for PWK. Um, I, I have the uh, top level responsibility for Cali, um, deal with uh, part of the, the offsec executive team. Um, a lot a lot of interaction with uh, with the marketplace, with where we're going as a company. Um, essentially get involved in everybody else's business and never mind my own. Um, mm -hmm. is, is probably a, a a good way of putting it so in in just to kind of to clear when you say you said that you you're the lead over the uh the courses all the courses or no. just one in particular no so i mean the, the that's where i'm saying the title's kind of made up so so the mm -hmm. way it works is um anymore you know it used, it used to be different back in the day um back back in the day everybody we were a very flat organization everybody was doing a little bit of everything um now we have uh distinct departments so you know we're, we're like a grown-up company now uh we, we're wearing the big boy pants and um we have a separate content division uh and we got uh iggy and mateo are in charge of, of that group and all of the courses uh flow through them uh so so that's that's theirs that's their baby um they they get they get to take credit for for all of that so like say the the new pwk refresh uh, the release of awae last year um all all of that is is due to their their and their team's hard work um 
So the 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 content part of it, it really has more to in my title really has more to do with just the ultimate um, strategy in, in terms of where we're going. Like when we we what classes are we going to refresh? What new classes are we going to go into? Um, you know, that that sort of sort of item. Uh, luckily, uh, I don't have to do much more than read the content that they're they're putting out and put in edits and, and some direction and that sort of thing. So it works. OK. Well. And just to be clear, are you the uh, president of Offsec is that okay? Is that a thing? Um, I know you have a made-up title, but effectively, yeah, yeah. president was my my previous made-up title. Um, so uh, uh, back in the day, uh, essentially, what it was. Um, uh, so so that was when Maddie was here, and um, Maddie just didn't really want to talk to anybody that he didn't have to talk to, and so uh, so so I took on the title president with the idea that whenever I talked to someone external, I, I could make decisions and and state things and uh, never have anyone ask to talk to my manager. Uh, so that that was the idea. No one could really talk to Maddie until they went through me, and um, you know, so so if something was serious, then would bring in uh, bring in the big dogs, but. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's been a series of of made up titles uh, since the very beginning. Yeah, and that that goes uh, on to why I'd like to demystify a lot about your company because you yeah. know it's it's stuff like that that I find very interesting. I like it, you know, I like that. It's interesting. So, um, gosh, I don't know whether they call you Ben or Gottmuck. I'm, I I've seen your your icon so many times, and you know, read your little Windows privilege escalation article so many times. Like I've I just see you as a cow now. <laughs> You're literally like a cow now. So seeing you in person is like totally different. So uh, what is your role, Got Milk, at Offsec? You know, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my title, I think now, Jim, please correct me if I'm wrong here, is Cali Manager. Yep, yep. I think uh, that's right. Today, today is actually my seventh year of anniversary of being with Offsec on the books. Wow, congrats. Uh, I've been around helping out before I was getting paid for it for a few years and then Ava was using Cali and well backtrack back then even before all those days so yeah today is my seventh year of actually being at Offsec. Um, what do I do? I've kind of bounced around from department from department like Jim said back in the day everyone kind of mucked in we all did a bit of everything. I then found my feet in the SA department being student administrators so one-to-one -one support with students and helping them. From there, I then moved into the content team, did a little bit in that. From there, I then moved into the infrastructure side, and now I've moved into the community projects role. So I have taken on Cali and Aspect, uh, all those little bits to go with it. Okay, so your primary thing is, is Cali? For the time being, yeah. <laughs> Who knows what it would be in next week. Okay, so um, I mean, what were you doing um, before that? Because you know, you have some, you have other stuff. Like, you have, um, do you do work in like with EDB and other stuff like that too? So yeah, I kind of EDB now comes under the uh, community projects. So there's, I like to say it's two and a half people kind of really do exploit database. I'm the half person. You've kind of got uh, Devin who does it as well as Owen. So those two are kind of like the main people that kind of keep in the daily day activities. Whenever I kind of see something cool, I kind of just chip in every now and then. And I have the long-term visions, whereas I don't actually do it uh, day in, day out. Okay. And what are their handles? 
Do you know? Uh, Devon is what? Dookie mm-hmm. 2000 CA, <laughs> he's Canadian, and Owen, uh, just think Owen's Owen. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like the. Oh, no. Uh, Mr. Katz, I think. Oh, actually, uh, Mr. Katz is now sounding familiar. Okay. Owen was never a student admin, I don't think. I, I think, like, every no. everybody that was a student admin had a. Um, they they had a handle, um, but then you know once we started having people that didn't work as student admins, um, you know that didn't happen as often. I think that also kind of sets the side. Whereas at offsec at one stage, everyone mm-hmm. started off as an SA, and then you kind of filled out and went to different places. Um, whereas that's now really not the case with offsec. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, and. And how did you get into hacking? So I want to I want to go deep into the personals. You know, how did you <laughs> begin as a young cow, <laughs> got milk? Um, how how much time, time have we got? I've, I've, how much time have we got? And is this being recorded? <laughs> this is being recorded. You can say what it is. It's also being edited. So you know, <laughs> you can you can say whatever you want, and we can clean it up. Uh, right, so I was sitting bored out of my mind in what I, we call in the UK college, I think you guys call it high school, and I was doing an online Cisco course, uh, which was all theory-based, sitting there reading the screen, just pressing next, next, next. The only real hands-on experience that we got was actually making an Ethernet cable, which is boring as heck. Mm-hmm. So the guy sitting next to me at this time goes, oh, uh, this new operating system's out. And I'm like, what, what is it? Uh, and he goes, oh, it's Backtrack Beta 2. And I'm like, okay. Downloaded it, took it home, tried to install it and realized it was not at all easy because back in the day it was on Slack. And it was a case of I've then had to wait until after six because that's when the internet was cheaper in the dial-up days figured out how to actually install this operating system using command line. Um, skipped out the section of bypassing the school firewall to actually download stuff, but again, it's being recorded. <laughs> hey, we're in a new yeah, era. I, I, well, on with that is, what was it? The system administrator decided to block various file extensions, so you weren't allowed to download .zips, .exes, .isos, .images. So I made this really, really bad PHP proxy script oh my gosh. Um, that you could whack in at any URL. It would download it for you and then just add dot, uh, .jpeg, I think it was on the end. So it just thought it was this really large image file, pardon the pun. <laughs> um, so I ended up downloading all sorts of files that I shouldn't have been doing at school. Downloaded this one, couldn't figure out how to use it. Got involved with the uh, forum because that's what you used to do. It's like, hey, I now need to actually have help using this. Um, and then kind of got more involved, got then sucked into the world of IRC. Now, from IRC now hold on. So, so without snitching, can you tell, talk a little bit about what uh, group this was? Like what kind of IRC was this? This was just in, oh God, there was loads of them. And do you still talk to these people? Or? Not as many. I rarely use IRC these days. Um, that's just basically because family life has taken over rather than hacking time. So there's a few I have now and then on Signal I'll kind of hit up. And every now and then I'm on IRC, Discord if the new kid's with. <laughs> oh, uh, don't hate on Discord. I love Discord. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, every now and then I kind of get it in a blast from the past pops up on a, um, Twitter as well. That's always nice to say people. I am also really big into B-sides and I think that's the, one of the best things that's happened in InfoSec. So there's still people that I would talk to on IRC that I will see at B-sides. Wow, okay. And I was going to get to that, you know, um, because you're kind of an elusive figure. You know, you don't really have much online. Is that intentional? Like your your whole yeah. OPSEC, you're an OPSEC person. It, it, it was a case of, I don't, it, when I'm on the keyboard, it's one person. And when you're actually talking, it's a different person. It's not split personalities. And it, it sounds I mean, very I'll, Mr. Robot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will fully admit, when I started doing the live PWK course with Jim, when Jim used to introduce me as Got Milk, I, I was a mess. Yeah. I, it did not go down well, and Jim can say, yeah, I was rubbish at this. Wait, as soon as... Oh, like why? Because of the social stuff? You didn't like that? Uh, I guess it's my OCD. Again, because of my blog post, I can present everything nice and neat and after tweak, and then when it came in person, it's a bit more raw, and it's... Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, I, I see what you mean about that. Um, now, now going back to your, your, um, cause I asked you the question, how you got into hacking and then you started talking about how you concocted this elaborate hack. Was this like your first time ever doing this? How did you learn how to do all that? Cause it sounded like you had experience before. I mean, uh, how did you learn? No comment. <laughs> okay. I mean, like no comment on that one but i'm saying you weren't doing like uh like uh computer work before you got into um you know before so you I've, al I've always had a always like messing around with various bits and bobs just where i kind of grew up uh, um there was more cows and sheep than actual people in the village oh wow uh, you might start to get an idea of why there's a cow as an avatar um so social interactions everyone knew everyone so it was a small world i kind of got bored and it's were a nice big challenge so you kind of just play everything don't you you kind of do a little bit of programming a little bit of photoshop a little bit of this a little bit of that and mm -hmm. a bit of coding a bit of coding i remember making a gaming clown web page and yeah there was just people in our school got, got together and one day i noticed oh if you go here it says alert pop-up it said hacked or something like that and the guy had figured out a stored cross-site scripting vulnerability in the website and it's like oh okay um delete the database didn't bother patching the code and that popped up again so i don't, I don't know it just kind of happened hmm you see people talking about, what is it, Back Orifice 2000 and all that, and back in the day as well, and it's just one of those things that just kind of happened. Wow, okay. So, um, and then Jim, we're gonna get, we're gonna do a deep dive on you, don't, don't you worry. Oh, I um, thought I was off the radar, I was, I was, I was, I was enjoying this. <laughs> no, we're going, we're going form. all the way. <laughs> so, so were you part of a, a group? at some point like were you working with other people um and then uh, also you know you said there's more cows than sheep where were you at uh like you know where did you grow up like where, where did you come from the uk keep it just in the uk <laughs> uk okay cool. <laughs> uk um and then you know do you have a large family brothers sisters anybody else in your family that does this type of thing uh, 
I have a younger brother that likes IT, but that's about it, really. I mean, he's into the video games. Yeah, yeah. Does yeah, um, it, does your family know what you do, and like, do they approve of it? Like, so I am heavily dyslexic. You just have to spend more than I don't know two minutes talk uh, typing to me, and you'll go where. Uh, Jim's learned to decode what I've <laughs> spamming with most days. Um, uh, so my mum actually used to read all my blog posts. Oh, wow. um, so she didn't actually understand any of it, the technical side of things, but she used to go through it God knows how many times. And she said, oh, no, what does this mean? What does this mean? And she eventually started picking up a bit of the terminology. And so she kind of used to be my proofreader. Wow, that is crazy. That is a gem right there. I mean, I didn't even, you know, <laughs> you that's something that nobody would ever know, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. So I don't want to keep so, keep drilling you, okay, on your, <laughs> your upbringing, but stuff like I just find that stuff like so, you know, amazing, you know, that, you know, I, and for, from my perspective, I don't actually it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago did I actually start documenting and making notes of things so how i actually got started into it uh, infosec i couldn't tell you mm-hmm. i honestly couldn't um again we're back where i came from there was um there was a village library that i used to go to because again dial up you could only use it when it was cheap so i used to go to the library where you had quicker and you could use it all the time so i kind of got on first name basis with all the librarians <laughs> To the point being, again, whenever I needed to go home for food, uh, my parents would ring up the library. They would just say, yep, go home now. Oh, wow. Um, and from there, you would also just say, yeah, okay, I'll go order a load of books. So I would continuously be ordering all this stuff. Um, and they used to get some funny, weird looks. But Now, and just to wrap my head around, because I'm from Cincinnati. I'm from the city. Um, was there like a school bus? Were you in school? Or were you like... I walked to school. Okay. Okay. When everyone, when I say everyone knew everyone, everyone really knew everyone. If you didn't, you went out in your morning dog walk, someone knew something was up. <laughs> you would kind of tell the whole neighborhood when you were going on holiday because otherwise they would be knocking on your door. Wow. Again, you, uh, you would feel comfortable not even locking your doors. It was everyone would just keep an eye out on each other. That's a whole different life, man. That is, yeah. It really is. Yeah, it really. I'm. I, I just immediately think about like Harry Potter Shire type. <laughs> That's like my only frame of reference. For something like that. Okay. Yeah, don't judge the whole of UK on London. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that about London. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like UK people, but uh, it's just, That's fine. That's all good. I'm, I'm all an American. <laughs> um. So so Jim. Um, yes, same to you. Same question. So you know, what was some of your upbringing like? Where did you Where'd you start? Where are you from? Um, and how did you get into hacking? So, um, we'll, we'll try to, I'm old. I'm, I'm, I'm real old. So there's a lot of history there. It goes way back, way back in the day. I need to like light a pipe. and put It was black and white, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got to, we got to analog tune this in. Um, no, so uh, grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. So, so not, not a, not a big city, but definitely not what Ben was experiencing. Um, it was uh it was it was it was a long time ago um the it was it was in the 90s when i was going to high school and um the the school i was going to happened to be a um 
they, they called it a math and science magnet school. And so as such, it got additional funding for some technology and, and computers and stuff like that. And um, we used to, uh, you know, do some quizzes on the computer, uh, a lot of, a lot of work was done on the computer and when, when i say computer th this is like apple talk networks with mac classics you know so it, it it's it, it wasn't even ip networking um when when things first started out there it eventually went that way but um you know it was daisy chained with telephone wire between between the computers if, if you remember that uh that sort of of item where you even had to have a terminator at the end at the last machine that was um was part of the 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 process so it was um it was during that time where you, you kind of start to see that if you had some additional knowledge on these machines and, and how they worked, how they operated, you could get by with a little bit more. You could you could do things. You could pull some pranks. You could you could get some better grades. You could do uh, any number of, of items. And um, realistically speaking, uh, at least back then, uh, the the. The people in charge of the machines just didn't really know them um, as well as what you did as a, as a kid with nothing but time on your hands. And so um, we used to do like a lot of different pranks. Uh, this is before multitasking was part of part of the Mac. And so um, you, you couldn't like, you know, command tab between apps. But we, we would do things like uh, I'd go online. This is before the Internet was really a thing. Um, and we used BBSs. And so um, I used to, to spend a ton of time on BBSs and um, you, you like I found a, a desk accessory. Desk accessories on the Mac back then were a way of running two apps at one time. So like the calculator was was a desk accessory, the chooser, um, which is how you'd connect to the network was a desk accessory. And so we found a desk accessory that was a uh, multi-user um, real-time chat application that ran across Apple Talk. And so um, we, we found that and then we also found a way of bypassing the protections on the machines to install um, additional apps on the machine. And so uh, we went through and like we would install that on, on the various computers and the teachers wouldn't know. And then when you were taking a test, everybody in the class could go, jump in there and then uh, give each other the answers, um, you know, or like <laughs> the, the, in retrospect, there's like pranks that you shouldn't have pulled because it was bad form. But, you know, when, when you're in high school, it seems like a good idea. Uh, so like you, you knew that tomorrow the the teacher was going to be given out a quiz and it was going to be on a paper so uh what you do is you'd print out like pages of black and you'd use up all the toner and then now the teacher can't print the quiz and so you got another day without the <laughs> quiz or, um I, I remember we were in a computer graphics class and uh this is back when you had postscript rendering um would, would actually happen on the printer um so there's a little cpu in the printer and it would it would you would send it a postscript file and it would print that out but um you found that what you could do is you could use um what was it aldus page maker back in the day back before adobe bought aldus and um aldus page maker so you, you'd have to you'd be working in class all day and or, or for the period and then at the end of the period you're supposed to print out your work and turn it in and if you weren't done what you could do is um, just create a new document and create a uh, a square with a gradient fill and then just do a, a command a copy paste you know so control a control c control v and just keep doing that over and over again and so you're exponentially increasing the number of these uh gradient filled uh squares and mm -hmm. Then once you had a certain number of them, you'd print it. 
and and to render that postscript file would take two hours you know it would take forever on that printer to uh to, to pop that thing out and so what you do is you go into the chooser change your username so then that way because it would always like say waiting on user and then it would have a have a <laughs> username so you change your username and then print that document and then nobody could print out their stuff and so then uh the due date changed to the next day and so there, there was always like little um things like that that you could you could do um there was a novell network um and we found a way of being able to view everybody's screen um so like if you knew the teacher was working on quizzes you'd try to look at their screen and see um see them and then you'd, you'd write down all the answers and you could sell those to other people um you know so there, there was a, there was a bunch of stuff like that that you do as like pranksters in high school and um it was it was different back then right because the um this stuff was all brand new and you didn't have um the rules or the laws and stuff like that weren't really there and so you like nowadays you do some of that stuff you can get in real bad trouble but back then um it was it was just different like um you just do pranks like i, I remember um they had this thing where if you tried to run an application that was not part of the whitelist, it would re send a report down to the um, down to the IT administrator's office. And I, I remember there's this class and there's this, some kid I didn't really like. And so I was going to pull a prank on him. And what I did is at home, I found the smallest uh, Mac application I could, like 3K or something. And so, so you take that and you name it like password cracker and then you duplicate the app and you ch take the duplicate and you change its name to you know network trasher and and you just keep making as many duplicates as possible to fit on a single floppy each one with these literally nasty scary sounding names and then um then what you do is like when the kid's not not at the machine you quickly pop the floppy into his computer open it up control a control o uh, and then eject and all of a sudden this big list of like hundreds of of these scary sounding names pop up on the IT administrator system saying user so-and-so tried to run you know uh, uh, password grabber network trasher you know file deleter uh, you know and and so he comes running into the room with this big old printout of, of like someone's trying to do something you know so um, there, there were a lot of uh, little things like that that you could you could you could do back then and, and there, there just wasn't consequences it's kind of different now but okay. um so so because you that that is a lot like i'm yeah. i'm taken back by how i mean you were on it back then i well, mean that wasn't viewed as hacking or anything <laughs> like that I, because like even the term hacking wasn't really something we were aware of or familiar with it was just it was just pranks you know it, 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 I, I went to a big high school um it, like I said, it was magnet school. It was a big high school. There's you didn't know. I like you didn't even know your own class, much less all the other grades that were in there. It just it it, it was a big school, and um, most of the teachers didn't really know what they were doing on the computers, and so just you could do things like like you, you could take a Mac and you, you would have the, the, that startup screen of the Apple and you could there was a way of changing that to something else that so you could take a bitmap file and put something else on there. And so you could change that and it would stay there for like two, three weeks because no one could figure out how to change it. Um, so so like it, it was like virtual graffiti, you know, um, no, no real harm done, but it was annoying to people. And, uh, you know, the kids, the kids enjoyed it. Um, and and at, at the school, I mean, people pull pranks all the time. I mean, there was 
the stink bombs were like the thing back then. And so I never got into that stink bomb thing. That was, that was never me, but um, like it, people would just break out stink bombs in class and you'd have to evacuate the room because it smells so bad and then you wouldn't have be able to do work. And so uh, it was, everything was about trying to get out of doing work or changing the due dates of stuff and everything. So. so now I different. find it interesting that, that how y'all kind of have similar, you know, uh, startups doing, doing, Kind of mischievous, mischievous things, you know, yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. just to play. I, I find that interesting when people have origins like that, because um, it always seems origins. to start out that way. Yeah, origins. <laughs> like, I like, like it's a I'm, comic book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are comic book heroes. Like, I yeah. love I love origin stories. I mean, Mr. Robot over here, I yeah, mean, yeah. he's already talking about split personalities. <laughs> so, uh, um, <clears throat> so, and then I also want to confirm, so... Uh, how did both of you get your uh, handles? And you touched base on this a little bit, Got Milk, about you know being from the cows. Does a cow thing strictly relate to where you came from? Is that where it comes from 100%? No, that, that, the longer conversation of this one is something I always do in person at conferences because it involves a little bit of rule breaking. Um, I used to go out drinking. I will admit I might have been slightly underage. <laughs> used to go to all the house parties and then it was a case of I being British one of the stereotypes is we like tea I mean tea when you wake up tea after food tea just before bed tea mm-hmm. so next morning when you want uh, <laughs> next morning when you wanted your uh, morning brew it was um, not every single person who used to have milk in the house poor students whatever so I used to always bring milk to the house with like the house pipe like in one hand you would have some beer other hand i would have a little bit of milk and then it just became a running joke of have you got milk um so i kind of said yeah, you know what i'll just go with it and then the cow kind of f- uh, fitted in i remember then googling various different ways of doing it like typing got milk ordinary and then now nah, there was too many hits in google then you make it a little bit leaked and like oh look yeah got something and then I kind of got milk was born and about a week afterwards, someone else opened, oh, I can't remember what it was now, some type of photo sharing social network. And this, I remember it was a, a lady had done it and she was taking pictures of birds. So everyone on the internet originally when he started Googling got milk and the way I spelt it, because I spelt leet wrong, again, comes back to the dyslexic part of me. Um, they kept saying, oh, you're, a, you're this chick, you're this girl, you've got the bird. I'm like, no, that, that really isn't me. But I kind of just, I just went with it and I didn't really ever change it. Dang, that's crazy. I'm, again, is that, that's not documented anywhere online. Like, I can't find that story. So, no. Okay, so this is confirmed. This is a cold cast exclusive <laughs> <laughs> to the world. Okay, cold cast exclusive. All right, I love this. Uh, Jim, how did you get yours? L. Wood. Um, not as interesting. Um, I, you know, like I said, I, I used BBSs quite a bit back in the day. And, um, one of the things, at least, at least in, in my area, like BBSs were very regional, right? Like you'd have a different experience on BBSs in different parts of the country. And where I was and the BBSs I'd connect to, um, you wouldn't use the same handle all the time. You'd change it up, uh, you know, on a, on a regular basis. And part of that is you'd wind up ticking people off or whatever. And so it was, it was like this nice way of, of, of starting fresh over and over again. And especially your kid, you're, you're figuring out who you are and your voice and everything. And so having that ability to start over um, constantly was was a good idea. And so I never really had a single name that I would I would keep with. It would just like constantly rotate. And um, the, the Elwood term, 
uh, what happened was it was back in the day when I signed up for OPSEC 101. Um, that one, I, you needed a name to, to go into the IRC channel. And so mm -hmm. I just chose Elwood because I always liked the Blues Brothers so much and is always one of my favorite movies. And the, I just I just went with that. And um, I didn't really put much more thought into it or, or anything else. But then it just kind of that one has to stay, uh, you know, because I, I wound up staying staying around after after I started out. So it just uh, kind of stuck. Okay, so Elwood, you're saying is a movie? Is that yeah, you know, blow, you've seen, you have not seen Blues Brothers. <laughs> oh uh, God, what you're you going to get a rant. Uh, yes, you've got to <laughs> see Blues Brothers. It's one of the best movies ever made. Uh, Jake and Elwood, the Blues Brothers. It, 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 you don't need to watch the sequel. You know, Blues Brothers 2000, not so much. But you watch the original one. Um, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Belushi, John Belushi. You got to, you got to, you got to see that one. It's, 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 it's a I, very. I feel like you're movie. my dad right now. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. It, 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 this, it's a part of culture. It's part of like 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 who we are as society <laughs> is in part you know molded by this movie and and so it's 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 important it's 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 a important part of american history and you gotta watch it uh, i will have to check so that out. i've been do i've been doing live training with jim now for god knows how long yep um and after result we kind of sit there most evenings after class is done and we just talk and you can imagine we just talk about nonsense until <laughs> late o'clock and it's like we should have gone to bed two hours ago we've got class in like four hours whatever and we'll get into these rants jim <laughs> made me watch it within like maybe the third or fourth training session i was doing it and i said you've got a 10-hour flight home you have to watch Amanda. it <laughs> um yeah. Mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your thought about the movie? What's your review on it? It was all right. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> He's British. He don't understand. <laughs> this is yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to check that out. Thank you for the homework. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit and uh, talk a little bit about Offsec. You know, as a company, is it okay to call offensive security Offsec? Of course. You yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about Offsec. How did Offsec actually start, and who were some of the original people that started the company? Um, not financially, but you know the group mm -hmm. of hackers mm -hmm. that built it from the ground up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want me to take this, Ben, or do you want it? Uh, I'm interested to see which version of the story that you give. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, so let's 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 go high level here. So um, back in the day, um, Maddie was uh, you know he he's, he's the core founder and um mutz um maddie mutz uh he had released a uh this is back in the day of of live cds so, you know live cds were really popular and he had an assessment he was doing um where he was not allowed to bring a computer in but he could bring in a live cd and so um he would go in there and it was it was air gapped and he didn't have access to a tool set so it was just the version of linux that he could bring in and boot up off of and so he'd go in there work that day go back home update the live cd put additional tools in there whatever he needed that he didn't have he kept adding to it adding to it as this assessment was going on and then when he was done uh he had this this cd you know of, of this this specialized version of linux for for doing assessments that uh he found useful and so he shared it with a few friends and then they shared it with a few friends and then it, it eventually kind of went viral and um uh started going around like crazy and so then um you, you had back in the day you had wax and you had auditor and then eventually those combined into backtrack and um 
Maddie was the, the the core developer of of Backtrack, and there was a, a time where he went to, to Black Hat, and um, he he was working as a company doing assessments and trainings and and whatnot, and um, he was um, going through um, through Black Hat and saw that um, there was a lot of, of companies that were doing training based upon back uh, based upon Backtrack, and he he wasn't crazy about the, the the quality of the trainings that were being done um and and kind of had a, a moment of like everybody else is making money off of off of this thing that i'm putting out and they're doing a crappy job with it and they're making the product look bad i i could do this i could do this better and so offsec was born and you had offsec 101 as the the, the first item and uh offsec 101 eventually became pen testing with backtrack which eventually became uh pen testing with cali and um that that was that was the start you know um so he he goes to starts doing online classes and uh we as a company we we were really the first um out there in terms of doing online first delivery if you if you look back in the day there was a lot of um infosec training options but they were all made for live and if you did a, a online or remote version what did you get you got like mp3s of the the live class and a printout of the slides you know and so that that's not an online first that's not a remote first option um that, that that's just taking what you can out of your primary product and trying to repackage it and sell it uh so so with this process of of having videos and a pdf and an online lab nobody else was really doing that at the time i know that there, there's there's a lot of companies with the, with that model now but offsec really was the the first at bat and really pioneered that as a, as a model and um along with that uh, it was that change up of of the certification you know you had the certification along with it that wasn't just a multiple choice question and answer item you know 70 percent or better in an open book contest and and you got a cert instead you actually had to do the work you know produce some output and and away you go and and so now i want to i want to get to that and how the cert uh became a thing yeah now when you were talking about um you guys were at uh, black hat which black hat was it where you know offsec first kind of started up so you, the very the very first black Ooh. hat oh my god um so so that was the year after he went there i i forget which one it was um we, we would have to look back in the black hat archives um because the first year there was offsec 101 and the second year was when it was pwb and awe um because that that second year at black hat was uh mateo and i teaching awe and um maddie and chris teaching pwb um but yeah we, we'd have to go back and look i i i'm so bad with the years and numbers my wife would remember but i i, I don't so was it the uh you, you mentioned four people was it the four of you that start you know started it i guess no i mean it was, it was a little bit different um so you had um maddie and his and his wife originally um and then um you had uh you had some 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 other people some of which are still around some of which are not um so so they, they were the core founders bosco bullocks he was he was the first full-time employee um you know he's he's still around um and and he he's he and i are spending a lot of time working together lately and so i, I get to give him a lot of hell um and then you had um 
some people that aren't there anymore, like like back in the day, there was Ziploc, um, used to spend a lot of time in IRC, and, and you had uh, Logan, who, who now runs uh, socialengineer.org and .com, uh, so, so you, you had them. Uh, Devin was, was another early employee, and, and Devin's still around. He's part of the content team and helps uh, edit and work on the, uh, on the various courses that are going out, and so he, he's a big contributor there. Um, but it was, it was, He's the guy that does EDB still. Yeah, yeah primary EDB. EDB. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there, there were, it, it was a slow organic growth. Um, the, the, the fact is the way you would come into offsec back then was, um, you typically, typically come in as a student, go through the material and, um, in doing so, you'd build a relationship with the other people in OFSEC and and the students and that sort of thing. It was it was a little bit different back then because everything was in IRC. It wasn't so formal. Um, it, it was very freewheeling, and and th those relationships became a thing where like once you finished the course, you would still stay there and you'd still stay engaged, and and um, you you would you would see other students come through and and, and suffer the same struggles you did you know and, and you'd be haha i remember back then you know and mm. uh so it was it was it, and then it, you you'd contribute maddie was always having you know one idea after another one project after another that would start up and you know he he would go to people online that he he had built these relationships with and uh hey i'm doing this you want to help out and and you'd, you'd start working and so like i was i was helping Help. I, so like I, I did all the initial editing of, of AWE. Mateo was was writing it. I was student number one and and doing all the, all the oh, edits really? and feedback and everything. Yeah, yeah. And and then um so so we got that ready for that second black hat, and um then then Mateo was a lead instructor and I, I was helping him out and um we were doing that for it was something like four years, five years or something like that. Um where I was doing that I was. Uh, helping to teach PWK, there, there, there was a, just a bunch of things I was doing before I came on as an employee, and and that that was not uncommon. That that was um, that that was a story for a lot of people. You you would you, offsite would almost be your full time job before it became your full time job. Uh, now let me let me way. ask you this: So you said AWE was that the first course in offsite? No, no. Um, Offsec 101 was the first course. That was, okay. um, and, and Offsec 101 became PWB, which became PWK. Uh, initially, okay. that that name, Offsec 101, was causing some problems because um, it, it's essentially the same sort of content as what we have in in PWK. Obviously, with the evolution of additional material and growth over time and everything, but in terms of difficulty level, it was about the same place. And the fact that it was called 101. Um, was confusing to a, to a lot of people because they expected something a lot easier and they would come in and just get kicked. <laughs> and um, yeah, so so that name changed pretty quick. Uh, that that was that was pretty important to 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 get up. So was it a, was it originally like difficult, like super difficult, like it is kind of now? Yeah, yeah. Just, just, well, I mean, because if, if you if you really break it down, what are the skills you need? What are the baseline skills you need in order to be successful in this market? And and that has not really changed over the years. Now, you know? can you answer that question for our listeners? Because I really want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. As what are as, the skills? What are the skills? Well, it's the skills that we test in OSCP, of course. You know, and when when you get out of that, you have that baseline skills, don't you know? Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's. 
here, here, here's the way I look at it. And, and, and this, this is in general the, the, the company philosophy is knowing how to do uh, specific routine tasks is good and it's important. But those routine tasks, they change over time. And um, the OSCP, it does not expire. And, and so if, if we were to test on the specific, these are the command line options for blank, you know, this is how you do this item. That's going to be dated knowledge, and it's going to have to expire. Uh, instead, what we look at is is it's a matter of you got to have some foundational knowledge in terms of of the space and the approach and methodology. It's, what are the evergreen items that don't change? You know, and and the the specifics of how you do certain things that's going to change over time. There, there are things that used to be critically important before that just are not valid any longer because those attacks have gone out the window but they used to be our primary ways into into organizations um back in the day you could sit back and scan you could be external scan an organization enumerate services and identify okay these are the buffer overflows i'm going to use to get you know these initial shells uh, because companies did not have a protected attack surface whatsoever they just exposed everything and and so that that skill of of identification and 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 exploitation of those exposed services that that was the most important first step you could do but is that nowadays no no of course not it, it is so extremely rare to find an exposed service from the outside like that so you got to have a different way to to breach that perimeter and 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 there's there's other newer ways of doing that when, when you start looking at the critical skills the baseline items it, it's that ability to think to evaluate, to look at the target, evaluate what your options are, and come up with the right approach. And and I think that that's where you know sometimes people will criticize um, the, the the course and and the certification. Say there's not enough structure. Um, but that's kind of the point because when you're out there in, in in the real world, there there is structure for that. And this is um, this is something you got to deal with. This is something that in order to be successful in this industry, you have to deal with ambiguous situations. You have to deal with uh, you know times where you just don't know what to do, and you got to just make something happen. And if if you don't train for that, if if you don't if if you're not ready for that, you're going to be one of those people that just follows a run sheet, and you're you're going to deliver a product. But ain't going to be a good product and it's not going to be giving the customer exactly what they need to protect themselves and that's um that's important you know that, that that's something that um that 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 we, we always felt strongly that you need to know and and so uh yeah when when you sit down and you do um the the cert um you know you're 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 having to get uh, some degree of, of, you know, compiling a tool, you know, running Nmap. Yeah, that, that all matters. But in the end, there's a reason it's a 24 hour exam. We want you to be under stress. We want you to be be freaking out because if, if you've ever done a real world assessment, you, you know that feeling where if, if say you got a week long assessment, which sucks in and of itself you know you, you, you but you got a week-long <laughs> assessment and all, all my assessments are pretty much week-long <laughs> yeah see, see i mean I, I i've i've been there man i like when we do assessments as a company minimum of two weeks because i don't believe that you can really deliver a quality product in one week now do you got to deliver hey, a report hey, hey, within hey, that hey. time period well i mean you're, you're yeah, doing the do. best you can man I, I, and there, there's, there's no slight about that but in the yeah, end yeah, yeah. You're, you're not going to be comprehensive in a week so did you say you got to deliver that report in a week? 
no, it doesn't have to be delivered in the week, okay. but we you know start reporting it within the week. We, yeah. So 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 I mean, like when we do something, we got like two weeks of work and then one week of reporting. So so I I don't want any of our people doing reporting while they're doing the assessment. They should be focused on that. But so like when when I was in that grind of doing like one af- after another, and you gotta you don't have dedicated reporting time. You're kind of writing that report as you're doing the assessment because you got another one back right up at the at the end. Um, you, you have that time where you hit like Wednesday and you're like, man, I've enumerated this, but I don't got nothing. I got to be working on this report. Friday's coming up really quick. I can't, I got some stuff going on personally. I can't be working in the evenings every night. Um, you know, what am I going to do? I, I, you know, the customer's going to want a product. I'm going to look like a joke. Uh, you know, th- 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 that, that's stress, you know, that, that, that is stress on, 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 on it. That is real life. It, it, it is. And you, you carry that. And, and now, we can sit back and we can argue that the industry should not work that way. And, and that's true. I would agree with that. But the reality is this is how things work at the moment. And if you want to find success, you've got to be able to, to deal with that. And so when you look at a 24 hour exam, that's the closest you can come to simulating that same sort of stress. You know, you're, you're, I'm eight hours into this. I'm nine hours. I only got this. I got to get there. How am I going to get from here to there? What am I going to do? And I would rather you experience that stress beforehand and build up your confidence and get to a point where you can execute in that way without killing yourself, without like getting hypertension and, and winding up on pills or something <laughs> um, before you go out in the real world and do it. Because that that's those are the things you got to deal with just as much, if not more so, than the technical matters of how you run Nmap. Because you, you can look at the man page, you can look up a tutorial, you can find that anywhere. But where do you learn? Where do you learn how to get that, how to deal with that sort of stress, how to problem solve, how to prioritize, how to, that, that's the other thing. I got these four machines, I only have time to work on two. How do I decide which two do I work on? And, and mm. that, 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 that will stress you out. And uh, you're, you're constantly questioning yourself on that sort of thing. So now that was great because that, that was actually I have that question like right on, you know, my my sheet is, you know, the, the thought process behind, mm-hmm. um, you know, the structure of the of the OSCP and the OSCP exam. And just to expound a little bit more on that on because you talked about the exam. What about the uh, actual course and like having the 50 lab machines? Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if this is. Um, uh, if I'm allowed to say this, so we can edit this or not, but um, are some of the retired exam machines um, also, do you see where I'm getting at? What do you do with those? Um, Let me ask you. We got something forthcoming here soon um, with with retired exam machines. So so. Uh, oh. Yeah yeah yeah. So we we can't can't really say much more than that, but. Um, but there, there, okay. there, there, there's a library of retired systems that we have, and um, every once in a while, one of those might find its way into the the, the standard PWK lab, but not too often. Um, Confirmed. So, yeah, yeah. So, so every now and then that that will occur, um, but but we we don't do that very often. Um, because there's obvious reasons why, right? Like you, you don't want to um, you don't want people to be training for the test. You know that, that, that I, I know some people do, but ultimately that's that's not what we want. That that's not the goal, and um, so so you have that aspect. But, but you got this big old archive, um, and so we we got some stuff happening with that. That sometime this year there there will be some some announcements. 
So I'll expand slightly on that. So there is various machines in the before PWK had its refresh this year. Uh, there was the alpha, beta, and gamma machines. Now mm -hmm. those are X exam machines, mm -hmm. um, and they have a story. Other machines inside the network also has a story, like Ghost. Now that originally was done on a CTF that Offsec used to do many, many moons ago, but we've altered it. Over the years, these machines might have started off as this purpose, but they've been altered. It's just something to bear in mind. Just because it was once an exam machine doesn't mean it's the current level of exam machines. Yeah, and I can expand on that and say <laughs> when I was doing Ghost, I saw the write-up for the CTF and it didn't work. So, <laughs> so I was very sad about that. Um, that was one of my proudest moments when I was doing infrastructure and changing all those machines around. It's like, I can finally stop how strong is your food. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, I was also going to ask, um, so the whole try harder, let's talk about that, the try harder. Mm. And let me ask you this, cause this is just kind of an inkling that I've had that you, do you guys train your support to not actually tell people to try harder? Cause nobody yeah. from offsec has ever told me to try harder. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've stopped as a company saying, is it from 2018? I think we've said we're not allowed to actually tell students when they've asked for help for it. We do join live class, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I noticed that. That that it, it may even be earlier than eighteen. I, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, here's the thing: um, try harder as a mentality is is a critical aspect of finding success with within within the the material, the the test life. You know, I mean, like when you encounter an obstacle, you can't just sit back and say, oh, well, there it is. You know, you, you got to try harder and overcome. And uh, th that that's that's important. Now, um, I do find it funny because I, I, I also, um, you know, I, I watch, you know, our Twitters, um, you know, and, and you sometimes see people like in there saying. Um, and in fact, I, I had a conversation with with a guy. Uh, he, he was he was on Twitter very upset about the fact that he was, you know, being told try harder, et cetera, et cetera. It's like so um, I. I, I reached out to him i set up a call and i i went and i pulled all the chats of you know support talking to him looking for that because if if if, if we got someone that's that's given a student hell when when they're already frustrated that that's not encouraging that's that's not helpful now we're not that doesn't mean we're going to give anyone answers but um mm -hmm. it, it is important to to encourage people to move you know the 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 forward and and sometimes you just need to vent sometimes you need to explain i mean you, you got to identify what that student needs to find success on their own without you providing it for them and uh saying just straight up try harder is never a pathway to that um i, I couldn't find anything in the, in the support at all uh, on there and so then when we got on the phone we started talking um I understood the, the the guy was frustrated. He was upset. He was he was having some some uh, things going on in his personal life, and, and then this course wasn't going the way he wanted, and he wanted to do it in a certain amount of time, and that just wasn't happening. He wasn't getting the time in the labs. He, I mean, there was just a lot going on for this guy, and and I get it. You know that that's 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 how life does to you. Um, and at some point or another, I think he was in some non-official channels talking to people that are just community members, and he was trying to get help, and they were telling him. Try harder and mm. he, he he mixed this what the community people were telling him with what um 
what he was given from our support and and he he was just angry and and you know ended the call you know very pleasantly i mean he's a good guy and and you know you you can't um you you can't blame him for for that circumstance you know any one of us could wind up at that same spot um but that 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 perception, um, I, I don't think it's too uncommon where, where people are like, oh, Offsec is telling us, you know, they, they won't help yeah. you. They'll just say try harder. It, that, that, that perception is there, but it's not it's not real. Um, I will say that, like, we will not like we see it as the biggest sin you can commit in training to take success from somebody by giving them the answer. And so you want to give somebody the least amount of help possible for them to find success on their own and and then you want them to have that light bulb moment you want them to go ding and therefore you want them to actually put the effort in you want them to struggle a bit so they actually remember the outcome yep it's it's you get this endorphin rush right it's like a drug you know and and once you like hit that like think about the first time you did a buffer overflow and 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 you got that working you know you you get this this high from it and and it's this rush and what what's the next thing you want to do you want it again and you can't and and, and in order to get it again you got to go to the next level you got to go a little bit harder you got to go and and that's how you find that that's how you hook somebody and if you just give someone the answer you take that from them now now imagine like think about that rush you had with that first buffer overflow now imagine if someone just gave you the answer you 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 would never have gotten that rush you would have never had that experience and um Mm -hmm. like i said that's a sin you know that 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 is a sin and and uh we we feel very strongly you got to find that success on your own wow that I mean that right there, so that sounds like a, a key ingredient in you know some of Offsec's you know uh, course like uh, philosophy. Yep, yep. Is yep. making sure that there's pain and sufferance uh, pun uh, <laughs> in in you know each and every uh, you know interaction and stuff like that with the machines. Um, I was gonna ask something else too um, on. One of the machines, and, and let me even ask that. So, like, um, well, that's what I was gonna ask. So, with who mm-hmm. came up with the try harder um, as the motto? Who is the person responsible? So I can know who that person is. And then also, uh, after that question, I want to ask about the pain, sufferance, and and that suite of machines and how that came to be a thing. So, who came up with try harder and then the pain suffering stuff? So, this I'll take this yeah, one, Jim. So the try harder one that all comes back down to the days of IRC. Okay. That all. So, we there was an internal presentation done on this, and I'm not sure if this ever got made public in any blog posts, but I'll skip out some of it. You, you, you can blame him. You can, um, you can, you can, you can give Vasco <laughs> the. Uh, All right, yeah. So Bosco, Bosco being one of, as Jim said earlier, one of the original people in Offsec. He's been in, uh, in charge of student admins. He's been giving help for as long as he's been here. If I've been here seven years, he's been here for nine, ten, eleven. He's been here for ages. So he again joined IRC, and this one student came in here, and he was just ranting, saying, "I've tried it all. It's not doing this. It's not doing this." and Bosco very kindly just said, have you tried harder? Ooh. And that was his response. And that's, yes. Ooh. And then you can imagine when you're already angry and that, and then people <laughs> started ripping him. Anyway, so then he parts in anger and he comes back a few days later and he actually apologized. And then thanks, Bosco. Um, and 
I'm not, I'm, honestly, I'm not doing this justice. And it, he did this lovely big spiel about of how it came about, but it came about just like a, I don't want to say a flippant comment, mm-hmm. but it just a case of the student didn't try harder. That was the general gist. He just tried some stuff. It didn't work. What do I do next? I, I think it's pretty common for people to say, I tried everything when you, and, mm-hmm. and they didn't. <laughs> you know, like just straight up, you, you didn't try everything. Otherwise, you, it, it would have worked. Um, it, so the mentality I'll also say as well, if you've got to take it on the flip side, if you come to someone, uh, I'll say from like a student essays perspective from when I was doing it, if you come to me and say, hey, my car doesn't work. Um, okay, what have you tried? And you go, well, have you tried everything? Well, from then a student admin, they kind of want to figure out, okay, what is everything? Have you checked that they put the keys in? Have you checked that they've turned it? Have they even checked that there's an engine in place? So you have to kind of try and get as much information from students as possible. If students just go to you, yeah, I've tried everything, they've not, it's not showing the amount of work and effort that they've put in. The more you put in, the more you'll get out. That's what I'm trying to guess at. So the idea is just try more. Show that you've tried more. If you want the help, you want it all, put in the time and effort. That is okay. All right. Listeners, listen up. Make sure you're taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting it straight from the horse's mouth. Okay, so how did... um, I want to ask this, and I didn't even know, because you were talking earlier, I didn't even know that um, Offsec did, does Offsec do pen tests and stuff like for consulting work too? Yeah, yeah, we, we do. Um, we, we've done it for quite a few okay. years. Um, we, um, I, I, I'll, I'll tell the truth. I'm very, very happy with how we're able to do assessments. Um, you know, I, I, I've worked at other places and I've been through the grind of, of you know, doing week long jobs, doing more than one job at a time. You know, it just like we, we've all felt that pain. And and I, I, I understand. Um, and, and you always sit back and you're like, man, if I was in charge, I, I would do this and I would do that and blah, 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 blah. And um when I when I came on to Offsec, um, part, part of the, actually the driver of bringing me on was what was happening was I was doing a lot of work for Offsec and and um, that was taking time away from my employer. And in return, what was happening was all of the the pen testing leads that Offsec would get, they would hand over to me, and I would take them, work them, close them, uh, you know, do do the job and bill them all through my actual employer. And so my employer was okay with me giving all this time to Offsec because in return they got this pipeline of business that they otherwise would not have had. And and it was it was a small regional um, assessment provider, and then I went from there and. Um, um, to a, to a large multinational assessment provider, but the same same relationship uh, continued to occur, and it, w- it was okay. But th- th- there came a point where Maddie and I were like, you know, what are we doing? Um, you know, I'm doing all this work to to do the sales and 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 delivery and everything. Anyways, why are we doing that for someone else? Let's just do it for for Offsec. And so so I left there, went went full time, and um, that was one of my first things that I really had to do was, was you know build a pipeline, uh, do the assessments, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was in this very privileged position of being able to say okay now let's take all of these things like if i was in charge and actually do them and put them to use and so um we had a, a lot of of things that we did differently um right from the beginning that we still do today uh for instance we don't build by the by the hour we don't build by like the number of ips or anything like that instead it's it's how many weeks 
blocks, one week blocks. Um, and so how many one week blocks are you going to get? And it's a flat rate. Um, we always make sure we have more than one person on the assessment. Um, typically more than two, but a uh, minimum of two people on, on any given assessment. Um, we always have dedicated time for reporting and then downtime in between jobs. Uh, so the now way you for, can... Yeah. On that, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, for fine. the two people on, on a given assessment, is yep. that for the same task? Like, so two people for the internal and then you know, or is it one person for the internal, one person for the API, total of two? Yeah, no, 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 it, it, it's for the same task. So so then okay. that way you can collaborate. Uh, you know, I, I've always found that I work better when I got someone else with me. You know, you can bounce ideas off each other, you can challenge each other, you get more than one set of eyes on items. Uh, so so, so th there, there was that aspect of things. Um, and then the, the other privilege that we have as, as, with OFSEC is we got this whole library of other employees that are not dedicated, assigned to the engagement. And so we're able to say, hey, look, we came across this really interesting web application. Let's take the couple guys that are building like the web course and bring them on this one. And uh, temporarily, you know, it, it, they're not going to be on there the full two or three weeks, but you know, they can come on for a couple of days, see this, lend some expertise, uh, learn something themselves, see something in the real world. And that, that helps the customer and it helps us because it shows us what defenses are out there, what the real world, um, items to overcome are and 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 essentially we want to make sure that we never become ivory tower you know our hands have to be bloody when it comes to to the courses that we're putting out and so our content developers need that connection to the real world and so we we leverage that and we'll bring them on to something and then that doesn't charge anything extra to the customer like it's just something that that we do and it, it helps helps everybody across the board um and that 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 aspect of things has has worked quite a bit now i mean we, we we've gone somewhat up market now now do the nature of like how we do this um number one <clears throat> we don't do a lot of assessments per year we're not a we're not a mill um you know it, we do under 12 assessments per year so so it's 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 oh, wow. we're somewhat picky in terms of who we take on um our rates are not are not uh, the lowest in the industry, as you can imagine. I mean, if you got a two-week minimum with two people on uh, a minimum on everything, obviously you're 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 pushing up a little bit there. Uh, but the the flip side of that is is we we give very good quality, or at least we, we like to think we do, we give very good quality. And and we've how, been able how to, big is your uh, pen testing team? Um, realistically, we only have one, one dedicated person in that area. Everyone else that like, when we do an assessment, we bring in someone from the SA group, we bring in someone from the content development group. Uh, you know, so, so we, we staff with other people in, in the company. So you get, you get off from, from various places. And so, uh, you know, when you're dealing with support, it helps that support person to know I, I've done pen tests. I, I understand how this is in the real world and that sort of thing. So, so this is the way we keep all of our um, all of our employees really active and we, we have one dedicated person that, that like runs that option and, and does the sales and does the bookings and, and and organizes everything and so so that's Robert and he's he's been doing that for quite a few years he's, he's very good very experienced in that and so he he's he, he knows how to run a team like that and so it it, um, it works out works out quite well um, I'm, I'm very pleased with with where we are in that in that space um, we're a little bit picky um, in terms of like we, we don't do compliance jobs. We don't do short time jobs. You know, there's a lot of things that we don't do. But um, but in, in terms of the actual uh, engagement, we got some very good stories that we like to tell in class, you know, about uh, things that have happened in the engagements and 
um, you know, some of the out outcomes and, and it, it just helps us as an organization across the board. Now, um, I do want to ask this too, when you guys are looking to hire people, uh -huh. what are some of the things that you guys look for? And also do you guys like OSINT people like, you know, the potential candidates like really, really hard and stuff like, what is the, what does that look like? And then what's kind of your interview process like? Um, you know, it depends on the role um, because we've gotten big enough as an organization now where it doesn't make sense to apply everything to 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 everybody. Um, I mean, we're over a hundred and how many people, Ben? You know, I, I forget the number. One hundred ninety-five last counted. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're we're pushing two hundred. Um, it, it, it's it's so that, that that's a lot of people. We have a lot of different departments. Back in the day, I, I used to tell people, you know, everybody in the company is a security nerd of some sort, and um, that's not true anymore. You know, now we have dedicated sales. We have dedicated legal we got dedicated finance um, uh, proctoring etc et so 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 each one of those areas has their own requirements in terms of of, of how they hire and how, how they're they're structured on the technical side obviously we want people to have the OSCP uh, that that gives us a, an item uh, an opportunity to we have some degree of relationship with the individual beforehand uh, so 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 that that helps quite a bit um, we also nosy through your report as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got the report. We can see how you performed. Uh, so 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 that's that's pretty oh. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So you got so when you guys are hiring, you look back at their report. Yeah. Well, if, if, yeah. If, if if it's still around, I mean, we we don't keep we, we got retention policies and everything, so we don't keep everything forever. But um, if 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 it's still there, and and it's it's actually pretty common where people go through the. Uh, the course they'll they'll take the test and once they get certified they're like you know, I loved it I, I want to do more I, you know can I work there and um, that 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 that's great because you know we always got open roles somewhere and and, and so that that's that's a it, it's positive for everybody at that front yeah yeah okay and uh, what what are some things that you like look for in the candidate you know as a as a personality traits and like drive and you know what are some things that you think when it specifically, let's say for yeah. a student admin, I know everybody's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Um, so, student admin, um, you obviously want someone that can communicate well. You you got to have mastery of the content well enough to describe it to somebody else in a manner that is is understandable. And it's one thing to be able to do something; it's another thing to be able to explain to someone else that doesn't know how you're doing it what you're doing and, and how and, and that sort of thing. So you you have um, it's it's been a while since I've been part of the essay hiring process, but I remember back when I was, we would do things like mock um, inter, uh, mock uh, support items where we'd get on Skype with them and we had like real questions that students have asked us before and we'd throw those to the person and see how they handle them and they, they got to type out their answers and everything. And um, just like in the test, man, I mean, that, that that sounds like it could be easy, but especially when you're in that interview process and you're stressed anyways, you want to impress. And and then you get this question and, and you're like, oh, I, I got to type fast enough where I seem responsive, but I, I got to make sure I edit myself so I sound coherent and I don't make typos and my spelling is good. I mean, there, there's a lot of things you got to balance. And, and I, I got empathy for those folk that, that go through that. But um that 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 was that was a thing i i know that they do a lot of uh, uh video um voice uh calls with the with the people now and, and and talk to them that way that that's not something that we did so much back in the day uh i didn't know that 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, videos become more and more of a thing. I mean, as a company, we're we're not centralized in any one location. We'll we'll hire anyone, um, any place if if they're the right person. Uh, you know, the vast majority of us just work out of our house, and so um, that 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 aspect of of video communication has become more and more of of a important item because of that. I'd, I mean, it was different back in the day when we, you go to Black Hat and the entire company could you know get in one taxi. Uh, you know, it's it, 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 it pushing 200 people. That's not the way any longer. So now um, I had one. I did want to ask you mm -hmm. something, too, because you mentioned Proctor uh, and I wanted to touch base on that. Um, how what were some of the discussions like when you guys decided to to switch over to Proctor exams um, and, you know, yeah, let me just yeah. ask you that. Well, you know, how did you guys arrive to to proctored exams? So back in the day, uh, when when a student would come to us, they would come to us wanting to get knowledge, and the certification was nice because it was a, a checkpoint, a way of them proving to themselves and others that they have obtained that knowledge. But ultimately, the cert was not the goal. It was the knowledge that they would get from the course. That that was the goal. And um, over the, the years, the cert has become more recognized and to the point where now it's a job requirement in so many places. And uh, we still have people that are coming here with the knowledge and sometimes they want just the knowledge, sometimes they want the knowledge and the cert. But uh, you gotta admit, there are people that come to us now that want the cert and their 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 eye is on the prize of the job, and and not necessarily what it takes to 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 get the job. And you can make arguments as far as like whether or not that sort of person is ever really going to succeed in this industry, anyways. Um, but but it still puts us in a situation where uh, now their motivations are different, and so the 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 urge to cheat and find shortcuts is is goes higher um, because of that. And we need to protect the integrity of the exam, um, not just for ourselves and for our business, but for every single student that has ever obtained that certification and work their butt off to get it the right way. If, that, if, if we get a big old cheating problem and the cert gets devalued, that hurts every single one of those students. And we don't want that, you know, that, 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 that is, uh, that, that's not right. So, so we, we got to protect that, that integrity. And there is a lot of things that we've done over the years to, to do that. Um, most of which are, are kind of behind the scenes and we don't talk about so much, um, but, but are there. And those are the things that are like very effective. But what we found is like there, there came to a point where you needed a, a visual deterrent you know something that was very much in the public eye that that gave uh students employers and everybody else confidence that this is being taken seriously and and that's where the the proctoring really came up and we looked at a lot of different ways of doing it we looked at third-party providers and you know can, can can we go with them and and do that you know anyone that's like been in a online learning at a university has seen some of those those uh providers before and um they that, that was an option but the the price on that was going to be crazy and have to increase the prices of our of our exams to the silly silly degree um and then there's also privacy concerns in, in terms of sharing data with a third party like that um and so then we started looking at you know can we do this ourselves internally and uh we found a model that worked and and we we put it together um and it, it's provided us a few things um you know number one there there's definitely that visual deterrent and um 
Is, is any control foolproof? No, of course not. You know, we're not going to lie and, and say that there's no way to bypass, you know, anything, but just like, this is our industry. You know, this is, we understand and accept the fact that no control is perfect. And that's why you got to have layers. And so, um, you, you have, um, the visual deterrent you have some some data that we gather in terms of uh it gives us a better view in terms of how long people wind up taking on the certs and uh you know what their their process is and it helps us be able to measure uh the success of the teaching you know what we can do better uh in order to to focus on certain areas um, because you, you start to get better visibility into um how how that is 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 being constructed um you start to see behavioral patterns um uh, amongst people and then you have you have cheaters but then you also have like groups and uh more organized groups and so it gives us uh much more tools to to combat those organized groups uh for when it when it comes to cheating and um it wasn't a wasn't an easy decision um but ultimately it was the best option that was sitting in front of us um because the the only other way of getting the same sort of result would have been in-person proctoring and um there there is some potential advantages to in-person proctoring but um but but if you think about it right now you can be anywhere in the world as long as you got a good internet connection you can take the test um if we went in person now all of a sudden you're limited to proctoring centers you got people that are going to be traveling in order to take the test and then you got the additional burden of uh this 24-hour exam that you're not doing you know in a place of your choosing um you know and and ultimately you're we never intend anyone to take that exam as an iron man non-stop red bull and potato chips or anything you should be taking breaks going for walks sleeping you know all, all that sort of thing and and how are you going to handle that at a at an exam center you know i mean really that that is not a uh, to, to go that road is just not something we wanted to do that, that would have really hurt the process um and we also wanted to be able to maintain the 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 core parts that are unique and special about the exam like we've already talked about about the stresses that it puts on you and stuff that that's um if, if you start breaking it up into like multiple eight hour segments you're not getting that same sort of 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 real world stress that that you get out of the item plus the burden on the employee or on the student to do that across like say three or four sessions come on you know no it's hard enough how it is and that just makes it worse so um you know it's just a reflection of the reality of of where we are as a as a business and an industry and and the demand on the oscp yeah and do you feel like everybody was i mean it sounds like offsec as a as a um company was pretty um pretty um unanimous in that decision yeah, I mean, we were not at first, right? I mean, like when you start looking at the problem, um, there's a lot of different ideas on the table and we'd start running them down. And uh, I mean, the proctoring itself took hell. I mean, it was like a year and a half building that out um, and, and, and getting it ready before it went public. And then even when it went public, we had a long period of opt-in uh, to, to make sure we got it right. And um, in that time period, as we were building up to it, we also tried a bunch of other things that uh, just did not survive, you know, just didn't make the cut. So eventually you, you, you see that this is, this is going to be what we have to do, um, you know, and, and uh, it's unfortunate but you, I mean, you, you get, you get advantages and disadvantages. Um, at, at this point, um, I, I, I'm really glad we did it. And, uh, we, I, I think if we had not done it, there would be a, a major, um, 
integrity issue when it comes to the, the certification. Now, I do want to talk to you guys about something that happened um, um, with your your all's company because there was like a, a week or so where uh-huh. one individual um, decided to, I guess, expose um, the OSCP and was threatening to put out the answers to the course online and all that. And I know that was like huge for you guys. Um, me personally, as you know, bystander, I was ticked off, obviously, yeah. as a cert holder. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of want to know what all was going through your head during this time and how you guys address this? What kind of talks were going on internally? Give us kind of the backstory of that moment and what was kind of going on during that time. Yeah. So so that was about a um, little over a year ago. I think January. it was like, yeah, January, February of, 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 la- of 19, I think it was. Um, and that, that um, here's the thing and, and we tried to communicate this out i don't know if we did it like super efficiently or not but um it, it, it more was made of that than what it actually was internally um because at, at the end of the day we have um what that individual is threatening to do is something that happens um behind the scenes and, week. and not in the light of day uh on a, on a semi-regular basis you know people buy and sell you know answers you know that the, 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 this happens now the only thing that was different about this person is instead of trying to monetize what they were doing they were putting it out in the public eye and making it available to to everybody um now we need to rotate out the the systems on a regular basis we need to make changes to it um we we like i said we have a series of controls that are we, we don't really talk about that are are not as as visible that um that that are always in place that go beyond the the proctoring and so um well, let's we, talk about those well <laughs> to, to an extent uh i mean like ultimately like when you're when you're trying to stop somebody let's, let's go down this road if you're trying to stop somebody you know uh that there there's actors out there that have this incentive to do something that you don't want to have occur um you, you have two options one is or even more than two you, you've got deterrence you got uh blockage and you also have another option of allowing some things to happen in a manner that's controlled and that you can track so then that way you can respond to it um and so we we will have at any given time i mean there's there's some groups whether it be on telegram or uh discord or or places like that we we have employees that are you know fake identities and stuff that that wind up in those groups and 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 you know we'll purchase some of these things and we'll we'll be able to see what is leaked and what's what's happening and then um when you yeah i mean of course i mean (laughs) that's not really giving anything away i think because it's an obvious thing that we have to be doing that right you know that that that, that, that's one of those controls and um, is there a dedicated team for that type of stuff um you know that's not something to go too deep into but uh but yeah i mean yeah 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 i mean you you, it's necessary it's necessary that we do that and um here's the fact is is that when you're caught either sharing or using that sort of thing you get you get banned and and you get banned mm. you get everything revoked and you're banned and um so now let's talk incentives right i mean like i i understand i grew up 
broke, you know, like my, my family didn't have money. And, um, you know, I, I did some stuff I shouldn't have done, you know, growing up. And, um, but you, you have incentives and you have, uh, you have punishments, you have deterrence that, that come out of that. And let's be realistic in life, in society, you're going to have times where that, that whole system is just out of whack, where you have nothing to lose by, by, by trying something. And the punishments don't really mean much because if you're caught, you're right back where you started. And, and that, that's just going to happen. And, and so to, to stop that sort of thing, you got to have controls in place that, that block the option from, from occurring because you're never going to deter that person from doing it. On the other hand, you also have people here uh, that, that maybe have more privilege than, than that first group. And um, they have something to lose. And, and so when they want to cheat, it might be a degree of frustration or laziness, you know, anything else. But when they're caught, man, they got something to lose. And so the, the deterrence aspect, that that actually matters to them. We've had people, believe it or not, like even this last week, we had someone that we revoked and they they sent us a message uh, threatening to kill themselves um, because of it. And and it's like, man, that's rough. But like, what are you going to, you're going to blackmail us into keeping this this thing? Otherwise, you're, you know, like right. it, it, that's, it's not going to go anywhere. But um, but like that, that really does drive home, like how much this means. I mean, you got people in some parts of the world that get in the OSCP is a life changing event for them. You know, that 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 opens up doors that are just not there. And that, so that that really matters. And, and you know, man, I, I I empathize. I feel for those people. And I understand that that hunger and that desire to hustle up and, and to get there and, 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 and obtain that. But here's the reality is it, it, you, you get the OSCP through a cheat like that. Um, you might initially get your foot in places, but it's going to fall apart on you really quick. And and it, 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 people are going to see through that. Uh, you're not going to be able to perform. You're not going to be able to do the job. And and that that you you got to recognize that. And and so it's 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 while that desire might be there, you there's no substitute to blood, sweat, and tears of actually doing the work. And and hell, that's cheaper. We look at some of these organized groups and the amount of money that they charge to help you cheat. Um, there, there was one group in particular, this crazy company. Um, I won't say their name. I mean, we, we, we made the decision to, to like not not point public fingers and, and we'll see if, you know, that always remains the same. But we came across this company that their whole business model is cheating certifications, not just us, but like uh, SANS and, and, and CEH and, and uh, just everybody. That's their business model. You, you, you sign up for a course, then you go to them, you pay them X amount of money and they'll they'll cheat your way through the test for you and um that that that's the whole company's business model you know and 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 that that is um imagine you know you're paying like five times more to to to, to this group so they'll cheat to get you that cert and then you go out there in the real world and then what value did you really get out of that uh you 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 might get one or two jobs but then things are going to fall apart and um that that deterrence it, 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 it winds up being a core part of that and being able to follow up on 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 these items, knowing what's leaking, knowing uh, what what's 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 happening. We have man, I, I don't even like to jump on buzzwords, but like we, we have, uh, you know, image analysis processes that, uh, you know, and, and text analysis, you know, that that winds up happening on the reports that like think about like this. This, this is public knowledge. You know, you, you turn in a paper in college. And, and yeah, th yeah, there's services you, you throw in there and they'll, they'll uh, 
come on, you got to imagine we're doing the same sort of things, right? You know, I mean, like that that yeah. that, that that technology's been out there for for ages, and so we we have you know, indexes of, of everything that's ever been submitted before. Um, th there will be times where we'll let someone through just because we know they're involved in some other stuff and we want to get the full, the full case. We want to get the wow. full group. And uh, so, like, yeah, I mean, so, so sometimes when someone gets, gets in, they think, okay, I'm free and clear, but no, not always. Um, you know, you, you might still be on that radar and then the ban hammer will come down and not just get you, but like your whole ring that you're, you're running with. And, um, I'll admit, even when you do that, you feel bad. Um, it's never a satisfying thing. You'd like to be able to say like, oh yeah, we got these people, these nine people that were all the, and, and we, no, you, it's, it's always a sad thing when, when you got to do that. But when, that's like, how it is. What, what is the kind of quantity? I mean, how often do you find people doing stuff like, is it a lot or I mean, is it mm. common? It's like how often are you banning specifically banning? It's the minority. I know there's like tons of cheaters. Yeah, I mean, it, okay. it's it's the minority. I mean, th this is not a huge issue. Um, it winds up we, we wind up spending a fair amount of time on it because we we care, you know, we we give a crap on, you know, it, but and so we we spend a fair amount of time on it. And it's also a very fun thing to talk about in the community. It's a difficult thing to really uh, communicate because we got to be somewhat closed mouth in terms of our controls, and you don't want to show all your cards and everything in terms of what you're doing to protect it. And then because of that that lack. Of 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 uh, visibility that that we provide into our stuff that leads people to to make their own conclusions and um, you know I think we're big enough as an organization that that we can recognize that like back in the day when we were super small we'd always get the benefit of the doubt and uh, you know you appreciate that but we're big enough and we're a strong enough player now where that benefit of the doubt is probably not here so much anymore for us and so you we, we we understand that we got to prove but there's only so many things that we can provide that window into and. Um, um, and so the, this, it gets a lot of attention. It gets talked about a lot. And, and when things happen, it gets, especially when people get banned or like folk, one technique I see a lot is like when, when we're doing an investigation on somebody, we, we won't like give them the answers to the, the pass or fail in some cases. And, um, so they'll go on Twitter and start making a big old deal out of it. And it's like, if you're posting on Twitter about, I've been waiting for my answer for X amount of time and, uh, you know, no, no one's talking to me. No, they, they got a message saying you're under investigation for potential violation of the academic policy. You know, they know exactly what's going on and they think that they're going to do some sort of like PR push against us. And then we're going to go ahead and hmm. pass them. And like all you're doing is telling the world that like you're under investigation for cheating. You, you think like maybe you're OK. Maybe you didn't do it. And there's just like some false indicators here and you're, you're going to everything's going to go through. You still don't want to draw a lot of attention to this, do you? You know, I mean, it's it's not people are weird you know there there are yeah, some i haven't some... seen that yet oh yeah yeah i mean if, if you if you watch people at us it it it, <laughs> it 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 doesn't happen so much anymore because um i i think that they finally got the point you know that that like uh, people started yeah. recognizing as soon as someone was going on there i've been waiting you know a month for for my answer and i'm not hearing back it's like well okay that's someone that's going to not be getting the cert you know because they've already done the dirty and um we're there the, it's the reason they're not responding is is like we're looking to see who else you know got the same answers set so then that way when we ban we we get them all at once so and and who does run that twitter by the way um so so that's different so it used to be maddie um and then when maddie uh pretty much oh, retired really? yeah yeah that, for, for years it was it was him um and then he handed it off to to myself and so i had um the offsec one and the cali one 
Uh, so, so that's me. Um, then when we got a marketing team, uh, the marketing is, uh, gotten involved in like the standard tweets on the offsec Twitter. Um, and, and so I'll, I, I still, I'm still in there and I'll do some, some random responses here and there, but it's, it's, it's more traditional at this point, you know, in terms of like what, what's going out there, but the Cali one, uh, we, we maintain tight control over that. So that, that's, that's, that's all me. You know, I, I don't give those creds out to anybody. Um, so that's, uh, if you see any memes, that's Jim, that's the show. Um, <laughs> Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, and y'all retweeted something I posted at Cali, by the way. Oh, really? When my daughter was using the uh, yeah, when my yeah. daughter was using the Cali laptop. That was me. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Anyways. That's right, man. Oh, I that, that was that was the whole yeah, yeah. Cali's for the children. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got me a lot of followers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. No, that that was a good, that was a that was an interesting one. I mean, we, we had some follow up. What was it? Uh, NCA National Crime Authority um, out of the UK and that that poster that was going out. And so so that that was all related to that. I, I felt bad for the NCA because they they really didn't have a lot to do with that, but they got they got kind of pulled into it, you know. Uh, but it was it was it was a good discussion, you know. I think like what tools you make available uh, to to who is is that's something we got to keep in, in in the public eye, man. I mean, like even just look at this encryption stuff that's happening right now and how. Uh, what is it? The earn it bill that that they're they're trying to push through, and that, that, there's some scary stuff happening out there in terms of our ability to communicate with each other in a in a in a secure manner. That matters, and and um, as soon as uh, you, you look at like what happened in Australia and and some of the encryption laws that they passed, um, that's scary. You know, like there, there's some countries that we won't go teach in. Uh, uh, Germany is an example of this. We won't go teach in Germany. I, I don't know if they've changed it, but like we did an AW. We had a group that wanted. AWE, but then when you looked at the laws, um, oh, we, we actually talked to, to some some people in Germany uh, with legal background, and they said, you know, you're safe to come here. It, it's no problem because they're not prosecuting this. But like, wait a second. By the letter of the law, teaching this course would, would not be legal here. Um, and yes, we understand it's not being prosecuted, and they're not pushing it that way but they could you know and so so we went to, to i think it was austria and we did our class in austria instead of germany for that reason um australia is 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 on that list of places that you got to look at a little bit sideways now especially like with with travel and and some of the the rules that they have in terms of border crossings uh you look at like what the u.s is trying to do with the earn it bill i mean th those things they, they matter to our industry and, and we got to pay attention to that stuff that's um that that will impact us uh, even if you're not like if, if that isn't sort of your bag you, you don't really watch those sorts of things on a regular basis you have to pay it like uh, a few years ago it was the whole wassener situation and and you look at like how that would have impacted pen testing you know that that thankfully that that kind of went away but um it's going to come back one of these days that that's just interpretation of a treaty uh and so the interpretation you know went the way that that is good for our industry today but the treaty language is still the same uh if that earn it bill goes through jesus i mean the 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 things that that's gonna the problems that that's gonna cause for for our industry is is gonna be gonna be rough so it's it's we got to pay attention to those things and coming from coal fire, you know, we had our Iowa case uh, mm -hmm. not too long mm -hmm. ago, yeah. Um, yeah, which was all over the news. Um, and I was actually going to ask something And this. I, I jump around a lot and I'm sorry, it's all good. but uh, I remember that I was going to ask some questions about some of the exam machines. Mm -hmm. um, and I talked about the, the sufferance and the pain suite, and I never got an answer for that. Um, so going back to that a little bit, I know that's backtracking way in the conversation. Um, how did how did that? little suite of uh machines come about like the pain the sufferance and i think there's other ones 
And then I also want to ask about a system in the exam. I know you can't say too much, but the lazy admin machine. And I've never even seen this machine. I just heard about it. Um, so what can you all say about the suite of machines and then that specific lazy admin machine? So the lazy admin machine is my baby. I am responsible oh, for that. You dirty, dirty boy. <laughs> oh, that's as much as I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, the naming of the machines, that really came down to who created the machine. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, pain and sufferance, that was uh, Mateo. Um, yeah, and if you actually notice in the machines, there's various little Easter eggs where you can actually find his face has been embedded into it in various different yeah. places. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, you kind of got the whole, you've got the idea of hacking the machine, then you kind of got the trolls of the machine, and then you've got like all these other little bits of loops, but it's actually underneath it all, that in certain machines, there are Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, y'all should have some sort of reward system for people that find the Easter eggs. I'm just saying, but <laughs> good. Maybe. Um, and uh, I was also going to ask, one of the machines, too, I found, uh, I think it was maybe Bethany or something. Is it true that all the users in the OSCP are cows? Is that a thing? No? Okay. Because <laughs> I think I saw a picture of, like, out, there was, like, a JPEG picture of, like, the cow, and it was, like, their name or what I thought the users we need to give some stuff. I mean, I got, so I when we did the whole subnet switch, this is going back a bit from like 192.168.11s or 13s, 15s. We then moved it to 1011s dots other ranges. Now, during all that re uh, network refresh, we patched machines, we updated machines, we changed machines around. We also just put some stuff in there. I mean, from my perspective, I would go into all these different, I was doing me and another guy, Alex, this handles sickness. There was a lot of late night conversations where we were up to about, two, well, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, completely sleep deprived, which I'm just like, meh, 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 whatever. And we were just customizing because we just wanted, all right, okay. And otherwise we're going to these machines like, which one's this, which is that? So let's just start altering it. And then we kind of wanted to put more stuff into them, more Easter eggs and random conversations, random YouTube clips. It all just kind of came about inside jokes between me and him. Um, he actually owns a parrot, and I would do all sorts of horrible pranks to him when on the phone to him with his parrot involved, and which is why a few of them have parrot themes involved. Uh, and other ones would be various different dogs that I've had over the years as well. So they're like in names of my dogs. I've been just kind of, oh, you kind of always say about it. And just stuff from our <laughs> stupid phone calls. So oh, it was, yeah, there were some stupid phone calls. <laughs> or, or the, so it was primarily you and what was the uh, other person's name? And like, what's their handle too? Uh, Alex, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. Jim, are you going to try and butcher no, it? No, that's that's sickness. That's that's sicky. Yeah, uh, sickness four one six. Yeah, he uh, okay. thinks his Twitter. Yeah, it's been around for quite so a while. So y'all were the y'all were the primary people that built out the OSCP. Is that fair to say? We've made some machines. Oh. We've customized machines, but some of those machines have been around since Offsec One Hundred One. Then they kind of were some around from PWKB, sorry PWB. Some of them were new for PWK, and some are new again for PWK Two. Um, I know with the launch of the course last this year, we kind of said there's I don't know was it thirty three, yeah thirty three percent new machines. 
But what we also haven't really brought across is we've actually changed a lot of vectors of the existing machines as well. So even though you might have done sufferance before, sufferance now might be different. Like sufferance might have been, I'm just making up a version here, Debian uh, 3. It might now be Debian 9. The kind of vulnerability might be still there, but it would be a different way of doing it. Um, Other things to think about is uh, we had all these machines and resources involved. So we thought, okay, let's try and put as many different vectors in this machine as possible, like initial foothold and then a different priv escalation is going with it. Um, And then what we kind of noticed a trend was as soon as people got a shell, they got root, move on to the next one. They didn't bother going back, looking at the machine and finding these other, you know what, I just want this hate using this terminology, but CTF, I just want this flag, and then I'm moving on. They weren't putting the time and the effort to look into it all, uh, which is why, linking back around, we started to put all these random different artifacts. Like, we've started to blow installations up by installing various different third-party software, and that's <laughs> not to make our uh, AWSL bi- uh, build bigger. That was more of a fact. There's just more stuff there now. Dang, that's good. Um, I also wanted to talk about, um, I want to, you know, cause I can sit here and talk to you guys all day. We don't have all day. I know that you don't <laughs> have all day. I have all day, but, um, uh, what are your thoughts on people that do like OSCP journeys and stuff like that on YouTube? And my personal friend, Wraith 75 mm-hmm. on YouTube, check them out. I yep, love them. We know him. Uh, people that, you know, that blog post their stories. Do you guys ever see those and watch those? Another person is uh, Jan Wallstrom. I don't know him, but I watched his uh, OSCP journey like, I don't know, hundreds of times. What do you guys think about people that do that? And um, yeah, what are your general thoughts on that? Uh, it's, 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 it's usually a good thing. I mean, it, it's, it's always nice to see the student's perspective as far as like, uh, where they're going, you know, how, how they're getting there and, and, and all that sort of thing. So, so that's good. Um, there's obviously, um, always some degree of concern about spoilers and leak of, of information. Mm -hmm. And, and that can happen unintentionally quite a bit. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of times where people will accidentally completely good intentions, but just accidentally leak something out. And, um, so so we'll oftentimes like reach out to them and say hey look you know thank you but you know change this please you know or take this part off i mean we 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 don't care about like bad reviews if you if you if you take the course and you're not happy about it you want to do a journey and and say things that are not so nice i mean that's your opinion you should be allowed to say it but um what we do care about is is we don't want people putting stuff up that is gonna hurt the process for somebody else and so so we'll we'll, we we usually watch for those we'll read through them we'll share them internally you know there's there's always we're always looking for things that we can do better and and so when it comes down to like uh you know we want to hear the good stuff so we know what's working but at the same time you know hey you know i wasn't completely happy with this or this was a problem you know then that that gives us a place to to focus to improve so we also then look as well at how they're using cali as the operating mm-hmm. systems like okay what additional tools did they put onto the machine that, that would benefit them for doing it so that's also then we kind of use that so yeah we do watch stuff yeah okay that's good to know um what, um, your, sorry, I was going to say, there's also the frustrating point is when you're reading someone's review, it's like, that's not true. <laughs> and you desperately want to read out and just say, no, 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 no. And then, yeah, but it is what it <laughs> that is. That happens. This is a, 
it comes back to this whole try harder thing whereas one thing gets put into this ecosystem and then it gets spiraled around in everyone else's mindset and then it kind of gets cemented and forced like this is not technically true mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we're not out, we're not going to go out and say take this review down because you said something incorrect or you said something bad about us you put it out you do it as long as it's not as jim said spoiling cheating or piracy then that's your go for it mm-hmm. well, um what are your what's your opinions on um i want to know about hack the box specifically um do you guys and specifically, you got milk. Do you ever use Hack the Box and other CTF platforms? I, I specifically want to know about Hack the Box because I love Hack the Box. But um, yeah, do you use Hack the Box ever? Have you ever been on there? Yep. Okay. Are you like a gu- <laughs> are you like a guru or something? What's your opinion on that platform? It's, it's a good platform. They've been around for a while. I think they've got an awful lot of things right. I I like. I also think what the service they put out is good. Um, this uh it's a lot they've spent a lot of time a lot of r&d have gone into it yeah i mean i'll say i've made a got milk account i do have various other accounts on it i'm not gonna say but <laughs> yeah i use it i'm not gonna okay uh, again the same with all the others uh, various different services out there it's why not i mean back when ice kind of started out this wasn't here i mean yeah. people now breaking into the industry I don't want to say they've got it easy, but they've got so much more of an experience that I wished I had. So sure, use it, go for mm-hmm. it. I, I will say one thing to, to throw out there. Um, it, it's, it's, it's great that, that Hack the Box and other similar sort of, of items are out there. Um, one, one challenge I see uh, that, that, that comes up from time to time, and, and Ben and I see this in the live class, um, is where someone will want to take pwk but think they're not ready for it yet um so so mm. they'll go into like hack the box or similar sort of of services and they'll follow um recipes and tutorials now p- personal point of view and and feel free to disagree i, I won't take offense but um I, I, I personally believe that in large part, what they're doing by accomplishing that is building up self-confidence um before before going in there um it's because you're you're not going through that process of of thinking and 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 completing and 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 being challenged. You're you're following a process, and that that helps to an extent. Um, you know, it's the same reason why we have the walkthroughs for for a few systems out there, so that way you can kind of see some of the methodology in action. And and I think doing that hands on really really does matter. Um, but the 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 risk that you you run by by spending too much time on that, we see that sometimes where um, when we teach the live class. We have a, 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 a small server with a, a bunch of standalone VMs to use. As like, if you finish an exercise early, uh, you can target those systems. Yeah, there, the, the, the Ben has the hardware there. Um, you, you can you can target those systems and. Um, and, and, and keep yourself busy while you wait for the rest of the class to catch up with you. And there, there was one class in particular where we had a, a group of students that really spent a lot of time in those uh, sort of other uh, lab environments. And they were ripping up every single one of those systems, uh, just very, very hardcore. And, and, and uh, they, they was, it was obvious that they were very experienced in that process of, of scan, identification of service, find the exploit, pop it, you know, and, and, and they, they, they could do that like clockwork and it was great. Um, but 
so there's high expectation for those people but then we have a ctf that we do as part of the live pwk um and it's it's a more real world sort of of environment we have a, a, a environment that is a simulation of a real organization and the initial steps in are very real real world um and it's not just scan identify pop and we stress throughout the week as we build up to that ctf over and over again keep your mind on methodology you know remember the process you know it's it's it's, sometimes you go forward sometimes you go back but you know you you always got to be thinking about methodology it's not just the tools it's 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 how you approach and um Man, when, when when that CTF started up, th- those people were in last place the entire night uh, because they were doing the the lab focused sort of methodology that does not translate into the real world. And um, and, and and so it, what it reminded me of is that there's always stories about like um, how, how like the U.S. Navy will like to recruit people that don't have sailing experience because you you don't have bad habits that have to be broken before you learn the Navy way. You can you're, you're starting fresh, and I, I think to to some extent. Um, some of these people that are spending more time in, in those lab environments, they're building habits that wind up hurting them when it comes to the real world because of that disparity between how a lab environment looks and operates and what the real world is. And, and I mean, it, it, this isn't casting stones because we're just as guilty about this as, as, as anyone, right? Like you, you have to have unrealistic scenarios in a learning experience here and there, right? You know, otherwise uh, the real world is just too difficult to start there. You have to crawl, walk, run. And, and so, uh, but that, 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 that context is important. And, and I do have some concerns because we've seen it play out in class where uh, you, you want wind up learning something but but what you're learning is an isolation and not part of a greater methodology and um and then you see the negative effects that that has when it applies to a real world sort of scenario and that's something that we got to watch and and um you know if 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 anyone does find themselves in that situation it's important to kind of take a step back and think like what am i getting out of this and let's be realistic and and um I think like anything, you have that aspect of you start out learning about something and you instantly think you're an expert. Um, you you got you to keep keep the reality of like, how much do I really know? What do I really understand? And it seems like the more you know, the more you understand, the more you recognize that you don't know much. And, and um, I, I, I definitely put myself in that category of uh, there, there's always more to pick up and more to learn. And, and, and you don't want to fall in that trap of... of thinking that you have it down pat because you can pop out lab systems in a, in a, in a systematic sort of manner. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Um, I'll, I was also going to ask what, um, you guys have like a stronger, it seems like you guys have a pretty strong presence at black hat. Um, do you guys have a presence at DEF CON at all? Um, what are you, no, not so much anymore. I mean, like back in the day, um, and why not? Yeah. So, 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 Black Hat has training, and and so we we would always go there and and do the training, and then along with the training, you know, uh, th- there was other things that we would do there, and and it worked out well. Um, DefCon, um, we, we years back we did a few things like the 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 original Social Engineer CTF. I mean, we we were heavily part of that before before Chris kind of um you know went his own way with that and uh so so we we spent a lot of time there the first few years um with that and then but ultimately um I, I just, just honestly you, you 
I don't know. We're not young anymore. And, and we, we, by the time you do, uh, we, we wind up spending at least like 12, 14 days in Vegas when, um, black hat and DEF CON happens. And so you, you, we always come in town like two, three days before the training starts to make sure, you know, you count for flight issues and then you get everybody accustomed to the time zone. You prep for the training. Then you got four days of training and you got two days of black hat. Then you got DEF CON and, um, by the time DEFCON rolls around, you're exhausted. Um, and then DEFCON is always such a battle when it comes to how many people are there and just the crowds and there's no good way to move around. And it, it's just, it becomes a logistical nightmare um, to just, just to deal with it. And um, so there, there is some things that we've done, um, like uh, the Wallace Sheep group, you know, we, we've gone in and, and helped them out. Um, they, they, they've been really courteous with, with having this great uh, little place where we could do uh, like the Cali Dojo at, at, at DEF CON. And so we'll do something like that. But we, we try to keep our commitments minimal when it comes down to that part, just so that way we don't um, drop of exhaustion and, and, and die. So we, we want to make it another year so. That's that. That's usually okay. usually what winds up happening. And what do you guys think about uh, bug bounty programs? Um, I think they're good. I mean, it's it's kind of the new hotness to a certain extent. Maybe not so new anymore because they they've been around for a while. Um, Red teams the new in thing. Yeah, that's true. It, 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 don't 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 start my <laughs> rant on that. But uh, oh, we, no. we we. I mean, it's, it's it's like everything old is new again. You know. Um, but uh when it comes to bug bounties i think that they're 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 a good program i think that there's a degree of risk in that there's there's a big difference between a bug bounty and a penetration test and you see sometimes organizations that are uh trying to use bug bounties to replace pen testing and and that that's dangerous mm -hmm. you're, you're not measuring the same thing just like a, a vulnerability assessment is not the same as a pen test and so you 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 lever organizations should definitely use them i think they're a great idea but you've got to be realistic about what what's actually providing to you as an organization and it's not a replacement for some of these other things it, just because you have a bug bounty program does not mean you should not internally have security part of your development cycle because you know the bug bounty program will take care of it i've seen organizations that have done that with that just closed down their internal assessment process because they got a bug bounty you know it's like what that's crazy man like what are you doing but um <laughs> that 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 happens uh but you know it, it's a good thing and and it's always nice to have uh, a place where people can monetize their skills and uh bug bounties is a is a great way of, of monetizing that um so so you know and more of it i was gonna ask got milk got milk are you active on any bug bug bounties or anything like that or, or i both have of you? done previously but okay. my personal life's kind of taken over in that one and free time's kind of dropped down to nothing i mean you've only got a certain amount of hours mm -hmm. in the day Mm -hmm. um, when I was younger, I used to probably used to only sleep for maybe about five hours, and now <laughs> that that's definitely changed now. Yeah, that's yeah. Me and my OSCP days, uh, <laughs> my little review, I said you shouldn't be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, yeah. So, and I still stay up to like three. Yeah, and let me ask y'all that: Do y'all still stay up like late like that? And or how does your life look now? Like, um. <laughs> with stuff going on you stay up late or you get to bed early i mean i used to do a lot more blogging i used to didn't have a i used to be at university I used to be able to do all this um then in case of you get a job i used to out of sec i used to be able to kind of go went hand in hand like my personal life and then in case of oh as i say 
home life kind of then takes mm-hmm. over and responsibilities change. I try and do stuff. Uh, I'm okay, I will admit I might not do it in the public limelight anymore because that's just not what I'm... I kind of didn't like it. Um, but yeah, I, I do think... I don't say you need to do it, but the people that have got a passion for it, I think do better at this industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The people that are going, oh, look, I can make a uh, salary that's all right. I, I can make a bit of money doing this. Okay, but the people that are actually out there doing stuff, doesn't matter what it's doing. It doesn't matter if it's like the fifth, uh, the 500th time of doing an SQL injection post. But the fact is that you've done something and you can show it or you start to actually do community contributions like on GitHub, whatever, and you're doing pull requests and you're improving products. It, they're the much better people. And the people that are kind of doing it off their own back in their free time, yeah, keep an eye on them. I did notice that, and then we're going to get to you, Jim. Uh, I did notice that you did make some contributions because I did my research before this uh, to to was it Crowbar, Seclus, mm-hmm. Metasploit, mm-hmm. EDB. Mm-hmm. So are are these things that you do just of your own accord, or is this stuff that you know uh, Offsec you know says, hey, we need you out here doing stuff, you know, or is, is this stuff so? All of them have initiated off my own back, one way or another. And now we might then start to use them in offset. Like we have to use Metasploit. There's no way around that. Um, and like a case of the one of the last pull requests that I actually put in, that was a bug that we noticed during live training. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, the, uh, so the migrate wasn't working, and I we kind of need to do this for the client side attack that we were demonstrating. We need it because otherwise the process died. Blah blah blah. And we were kind of doing it, and we realized the nice post module just wasn't working. It's like, oh, we've now actually got to do this by hand. So you've then got to show the students live, and it's just one of those demo god things where it just wasn't working. So that one kind of was done off off sex back. But most of the other stuff, it's a case of done in my own free time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, and then... I totally forgot the question that I asked originally, which happens a lot. What, what Jim, you were going to go, but I totally forgot the question. Uh, um, if I remember right, you were asking how, how our lives have changed over the years, you know, the yeah, most time. Yeah, um, family stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, much, much like Ben, I, I think that there is, um, there, there, there's a degree of time that you can put into things when you're younger that um, eventually goes away um you know as other responsibilities and whatnot come up and um that that's that's something i i I do miss you know i remember um back when i did offsec 101 i i would put my my kids were little they're they're essentially adults now but um they they were little back then and um i would play music out of my laptop when i put them to sleep at night and so what my rule was is i would um go in with a full battery and I would work on the course while I put them to sleep with the music playing until my battery died. And so, um, you know, it, it was not like you had eight hour batteries back then. Um, but I, I would put in like three to four hours or so, you know, a, a night, you know, and, and, um, hell, I remember when I got FC four, it was like two, three in the morning and I woke him up because I started yelling, you know, when I got FC four, cause that was before pain and sufferance and all those other ones. FC four was the big dog that, that you wanted to hit. And I probably spent, what, what is FC four? Uh, the a machine. Yeah. yeah. The no, machine. I, know, I know the machine, but what's the name come from? Fedora yeah. Core 4. That was the operating system it was oh, based yeah. upon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, when I, when I popped that boy, I, I was... 
I was happy. Um, and, and I wound up waking them up <laughs> and they were like, woke up screaming cause I'm in their room yelling in the middle of the night, you know, which probably wasn't so nice, but, um, you know, it, that, that sort of, of, of time is just, it's, it's not so much there anymore. I'll, I'll admit like as, as times have changed and, and I've, I've gotten sucked more and more into management items. Um, you know, you, you, you wind up missing, um, some of the hands-on you miss, you know, running assessments yourself. And I like, I look at like what Robert does and I'm jealous because I, I i miss doing that that sort of work um but it it, it it it's definitely something where um i've always been a night owl and so you you always like before bed come and get back on the machine and spend a little bit of time but um you know it, there there definitely is this this evolution that you go through in in life and um i think it's something that, that like even if you're not to that point yet where you still have the passion i think that that support that you recognize that that you've got the time and the passion and the availability to, to to do it and you take as much advantage of that as possible without hurting yourself and 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 uh sacrificing like your own well-being and health and, and that sort of thing which you you see that a lot and you see employers take advantage of that a lot you know that that's something that you gotta you gotta be careful of just because you have that passion doesn't mean that your employer gets to run you around the clock and without paying any extra for it you gotta you gotta look out for 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 yourself and and um be be aware you know that that you're at the end of the day you know you're you're your own advocate and so um making sure that you uh you keep yourself healthy especially now you know all this all these other issues going on you know it really kind of drives a lot of that home but um I, I, I do know, I mean, I, I came up during the dot-com era, right, where, like, people would work almost for free, you know, a lot of times because they, they would get exposure and stuff like that. And, and thankfully, there's a greater degree of awareness now that you really shouldn't do that. Um, but uh, I, I see that kind of going hand-in-hand in, hand in our industry with with when when people are, are first coming up and they just got so much energy and they uh, they get taken advantage of. And that's always uh, – that always hurts to see, you know. Um, you don't, you don't want to see that that happen to 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 your to your peers like that so gotta watch out for that to expand on what jim said and your one of your original questions uh for me doing pwb i actually saved up doing that course during my university uh was that college for you guys yeah yeah so it was i think it was either I think it was like basically two or three years of saving. So rather than me going out and getting drunk every single weekend or something like that, that beer money I put aside the idea, sole responsibility of that's what I'm going to put for PWB. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my OSCP from doing it. How, how much to, was it back then? I got 30 days... The exchange, well, you dollars the thing. Yeah. Think back in the day, it was, it was like 300. It was three... Three hundred dollars uh, was was the base price for thirty day access, um, because I remember I used to. Uh, I think it was more. That might have been offset one hundred one. That was one hundred one. Yeah. was more. Because uh, I mean, yeah. So I think mine was about seven fifty. That makes sense. Dollars. That makes sense. So it was something like that. So uh, yeah, two or three years worth of saving up. Didn't go out. Didn't get drunk. And then once uh, school had finished for the summer break, I said, right, I've got no responsibilities. My housemates had left. Uh, so I had the entire house to myself. That was all I did. I could sit down on the keyboard. I could just hack away to the end. had no distractions. And I appreciate people can't do that. They've got their full-time work. They've got life. But I was in this lovely place in my life where I could just 
eat, sleep, hack, repeat. It really is what I did for that summer. I remember that summer. I didn't see much daylight, but <laughs> I had fun. And I managed to like do 14 hours a day, and I made full use of that 30 days. And it was really fantastic. But again, that is what I was in a position to do. And I, <laughs> you tell me to do that now, I would just laugh off. It, it just couldn't do it. Wow. So, so you just secluded yourself just, and just mm-hmm. absorbed everything I could do went in I would chase every single rabbit hole and I learned so much from doing it man okay and and we're and we've been going on for two hours now (laughs) I'm sure you all have noticed that and I want to keep you know ask us get all the the information I can um we're like 80 percent done probably like 85 percent we're we're almost finished here (laughs) um we we kind of I have a little got milk segment in here a question all on you um it's actually not that bad it's not that serious um but i just kind of want to because you're you're very elusive it's hard to find stuff on you so this is like everyone's one chance to 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 see you know what's going on so um and trust me these questions i'm i'm blowing it up but it's not that bad so um i was gonna ask you know where's kind of like your primary place of residence like online because you you dis discord and you know i i wasn't gonna let that slide um <laughs> so so where do you typically like hang out like who who do you like talk to um do you collab with people um and like where do you do this are you a slack guy or you microsoft teams you know where do you kind of hang out the Microsoft be, Teams thing it, was a joke. Y- too. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it used to be IRC, and I used to like hardcore IRC. I had the bouncer set up. I used to have like various different networks. In those networks, like a hundred plus channels. You then had the monitor on like your twenty, like you really want. And I got heavy into it. And either the people moved away, the conversations just got less interesting, so it kind of didn't didn't stop you. I kind of, as I say, sign in every now and then, and I'll still talk to certain people. Um, I also, from my perspective, notice a different type of people starting to talk to me, and that got me a bit disheartened. And I don't want to say I got burnt out, but it was why people wanting to have a communication with me was disheartening. It was a case of the hit and run support. It was like, uh, how do I get Cali installed? Or how do I do this on Backtrack? You would then mm-hmm. help and they say, okay, thanks and bye. And you would never see him again. Um, and that was kind of like, well, I've just spent, I used to type in like proper essays. I would go Googling with them and they were really happy, but then they would go away. Uh, and that's not really fun uh, i don't want to say i got burnt out but when you start doing doing what i was doing for a day job at offsec doing this in your free time it's it gets exhausting once you do it for a couple of months and the novelty's worn off you kind of start to tell you kind of just you want to take a step back and then you see everywhere that especially on social networks as well uh, everyone's doing everything mm-hmm. uh, it's like you just go and you say i've just put this new tool out this new tool or i've done this bit of research and like I've done nothing, and you kind of get a bit disheartening. So then you kind of just go away from that. Um, so another short answer is I go through phases. I will sometimes be more active in this bit. I'll be more active in here. 
a co-ab with people, yeah, I am open to it. And I do do various different projects with people. Um, to be fair, we keep Ben really busy. We, we, we run him ragged. <laughs> if he has free time, we're, we're, we're giving him tasks to do. So, so now, there's that. I also then did a lot with Von Hub as well. And I put a lot of time and effort into that. And I got the community was going involved. I got some really good, strong friendships. There's some friendships I wished I kept in touch with. And every now and then I'll still get hit up by people. Um, and then it's also now just a case of, oh, okay. So yeah, I will admit I'm on Twitter and I'll kind of go through things and I'll see this. Uh, I'll start talking to people and I'll say, oh, all right, and okay. And then conversation sparks a bit of what happened with Setlist. I found this project and I got, it's like, okay. So I kind of, <laughs> um, I was trying to brute force a um, login portal that wanted some type of information as well as a last name field. And I was like, okay, I haven't got a collection of last names. I could make a guess a few. And it's like, ah, let's just see if Seclist has got any. Notice it didn't. Did a bit of work into it, put a few pull requests in. And then I was waiting and I was waiting and I was waiting. And so I started harassing the guy saying, merge it, merge it. And they said, all right, all right, all right. And then I kept on doing it over and over and over to the point they said, you know what? You're annoying us. Here, just have mod access. Go for it. And then I've just for the last year or so just kept on doing it. Um, and then various other things, a bit like the crowbar. I kind of, when I was doing PWB, I noticed that one of the machines had this certain vulnerability in it um, that had these uh, an issue with Debian's private keys. It's no longer applicable now, um, but Rapid7 had, no, Rapid7, HD Moore had put out a collection of them, but the, the web page was gone. I luckily am a bit of a data hoarder, but you know what? I'll just put it out there. Uh, and then I made all these various different bash scripts to kind of automate it. Then I came across um, Crowbar, and Crowbar, actually one of those things was SSH key brute force. Back in those days, Metasploit didn't have it. Like, this is the only tool that's got it. I've got to make sure it works. I start working with him and then various other things like I started jumping on various exploits and then people start co-abbing there it just happens it's not like you have a one central place it's yeah you it's do organic. something talk to me talk to you we'll see what happens in bumps yeah so so if if the um and I I understand I don't want to I'm, I'm asking this for the people and the people mm -hmm. who want to <laughs> <who wanna> know, <laughs> you know, if they wanted to to work with you, because I, I imagine there's somebody sitting at their desk like, oh, my God, freaking Got Milk just did this thing. Like, I want to I've been wanting to work with that guy. You know, how would that person who and who actually legitimately wants to work with you and like, you know, collab on some, I don't know, build something for the future. Um, how could they come to you, you know, in a way that's that you would prefer? Would that be on Twitter? Would that be? Um, yeah, it's where it works. My DMs are open as much as I get frustrated. There's okay. a lot of people that see it and they go, oh, look, Cali one-to-one support. I can now go harass him. And I'm just, <laughs> no. It's a case of how do I do that? And it's like, I, please use the right medium. And But if someone is wanting to work, you can find a way of getting in touch. Now, me being <clears throat> me, um, I like, uh, you know, helping playing matchmaker a little bit mm -hmm. i would love this is my wish list uh because i have you here and i can do this <laughs> you're um, running I'll, the show you can do what yeah. you want 
I would love to see you work with Rasta Mouse. I would love to see that happen. I would love to see you work with uh, Cobber. I would love to see you work with uh, uh, Zero, I forget his name, but the person that made Kuwaitic um, and all these C2 people. Um, And then there's some other people that I would like to see you work with. But those are some uh, Bite Bleeder. I would love to see you work with him. Crap Map Exec. Um, so what do you think? I, do you ever talk I to actually, these I, I, Yeah, and I have actually worked with some before, like Rastamouse. I actually he got in, involved with Von Hub at some stage ago, and oh. besides London, we actually gave a presentation. So yeah, there was uh, me, another guy called Noel Mode, and him. We kind of did a presentation. We kind of did. This is how we approach a vulnerable VM. Let's go for it. That's awesome. Um, I didn't know. Okay, huh? Because I, I know that y'all are both UK too, so that's awesome. So, a fun hmm. fact as well: I actually, back in the days of university, do a tadukan, and that's a case of a bird inside a bird inside a bird, and you it's basically a lot of meat, and it's too much meat for like a few people. So we would make it like open invitation. We would like invite all our uni friends, anyone local by. And there was a few people I know on IRC that were in the UK. Some of them would get trained and all this, but yeah, they, they would all come to my house for Christmas and we would just eat a lot of meat and then talk shop, either play video games, go hack random stuff. But, but yeah, again, it just naturally happened. Yeah. And again, we don't. It's organic. Yeah. yeah. I'm very inorganic. <laughs> 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 I'm like, all right, let's schedule it. Let's make it happen. Um, so do you, do you ever have, did you ever have a mentor at some point? So I got my start from everything I learned, I learned for free. Every, again, going back to like the library and putting in, just reading blog posts, just doing all that. I learned just by sitting down and reading, not mm-hmm. watching, but reading. And then actually having the hands-on experience of doing stuff. Um, VMs now, whereas last time I used to have just like break my desktop PC, install it multiple times. But yeah, VMs go nuts on them. Uh, how did I then go from there? It was uh, Offsec was the first paid for resource. When I did Offsec, saying PWB was the first paid for resource. Now, reading over the material, I felt, yeah. I might not have learned much from the course material. I might have learned like the few little nice little hints and tips and oh, that's cool. That's cool. But what I actually learned from it is like, ah, I read this about a couple of months ago on this person. But what it did was it put it all together in a nice, neat little bow. And it's like, I got one central place where I got it all from. And then the real value for me, because I wasn't worried about employment back then. Because again, university, I wasn't thinking for the bigger picture in life one day at a time, so the cert didn't really care for. I just wanted knowledge. But when I got to the lab, that's where it's like, wow, this is, this is why I did this course. And this is where I saw the biggest value was the hands-on actually being able to apply it in real-world scenarios. And having these, because they're, and this is not giving anything away, there's automated scripts inside the lab, so allowing you to do various client-side interactions with. So when you actually did, let's say, a client-side attack and you actually got a shell back, I didn't click that link, someone else did. That got me really excited and I saw huge value and that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with PWB. 
Um, but how did I actually get my start was just going out and reading blog posts. So, so you, you're saying that you're like entirely self-made. Like there, you didn't have like that one person being like, you know, hey, how's your PWB course going? Like try this, try that. It was just all you just focused, which is fine. There was a, there, no, in a sense. Uh, that wow. is just a case of that was just me. I mean, various times throughout doing it, again, going back to the guy that was helping me doing the lab boxes, Alex Sickness, he kind of did it roughly at the same time that I did. So we were, weren't actually rubber, using the term rubber duck here, like using each other as a soundboard. We were just saying, I've got this machine, which then would spur us on to then focus on that machine. Or like, I can't do that, but I'm in this network now. And it's like, oh, cool. Mm. But yeah, it, it just seems to work that way. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Because it's like, my, my, my path was, you know, very mentor led or whatever and i've had somebody that's always like been there to help me and obviously the environment is a lot different now mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. um nowadays than probably was back when you went um everyone's learning style is different i mean some people need to be shown it some people need to watch it some people need to speak it some people need to do it some people need to write it what works for you doesn't work for me it is just again being heavily dyslexic and struggling with so much i learned by actually doing it i mean i have to do physical things with my hands to actually do it typing or writing it out which is why i got into doing the blog post um, because that was my way of making sure it it got locked into my head now it's just a case if i do detailed notes because the amount of time it took me to do a blog post you might be able to knock it out in an afternoon or jim can do an uh, one in like a few hours to me that is literally days worth of work where i just could not afford to do now so that's again me wanting to be the best things i got put out there and all this and whereas now i can just write my notes out keep it private and that's me learn um there you go other people will learn by watching youtube this does seem to be like a whole new generation now of watching people do youtube videos and that's a good form of entertainment for myself um but actually people get it to learn i learn by failing and trying and wasting fifteen thousand hours what it feels like only to realize <laughs> i've got a missing semicolon <laughs> oh god yeah on semicolon um daddy uh sorry um <laughs> Uh, oh, and you mentioned Vulnhub too, um, and I wanted to talk about the origins of the Kiaptrix. Is that even how you pronounce it? Uh, I that think right. so. Because you, you made that series, right? Didn't you? No, no, oh. no, no. That was made by a guy that used to work for Offset called Lone Ferret. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, which, okay. Jim, correct me if I'm wrong here, please do. But I want to say he made those boxes, which got him exposure, which then got mm-hmm. him interested at Offsec, which Offsec said, no, you're not bad at making VMs. Could, you might be able to uh, feel like jumping on here. Um, I don't know how, how accurate thingy, but I, I remember he kind of, he didn't do it for the setting out to get involved with Offsec. He did it for learning. He wanted to actually learn about, let's say, local file inclusion. So he would make something vulnerable. And then he just pushed it out there. Um, that was his style of learning, was creating this. Okay. And do you have any um, boxes like on VolneHub that you made? I mean, I know that you obviously work for Offsec, but is there anything mm-hmm. on VolneHub that you've made? 
One under the handle of Got Milk, uh, but yeah, there's a few others that I have made under different aliases. Oh, so you have different? Okay, okay. So, it's, and I take it you can't tell us the name. So you got private yeah. aliases and stuff that you're out here doing. Okay, that's interesting. All right, so um, that's good to know. Okay, so um, I also wanted to know what. What type of hacking interests you the most? So, like, are you most interested in, like, network hacking, like, hardware, Wi-Fi, AD? Like, what's kind of your thing that you like? Or is it, like, all? It, it goes through phases of it all. I mean, I've never got too much into hardware hacking because I never actually had the hardware, the necessary hardware to hack. Yeah, I had a soldering iron. Yeah, I had this. But everything else is, like, I could do the basics, but anything, it, it I didn't have I didn't have the environment set up to do it, but everything else I've kind of tried one way or another, and it depends on what my mood is. Um, screw it, let's go for it. I'm actually at this point trying to write a book, so oh, that's wow. yeah. So it's again trying to get back into the whole writing. I've no idea if it's actually going to come out a technical book. Um, so it's just learning coming through all this aspect with it all. What, what's it what's it about that's a cold cast exclusive again um, <laughs> at this point in time it's let's say it's about a vulnerable bit of code that you can find out on the internet okay that's very we'll vague, see, we'll see. Well, I, don't, I don't know if it'll happen or not again it all comes down to time and when can i I'll, if i only can do one hour like a few hours each week in the evening evening eh, it's going to take four years or something to write, and that ain't going to scale well. Again, coming back to what I was saying earlier, I, everything I learned, I got for free, so I really would want to push the book out for free. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, EDB, um, Exploit Database. Um, what's the current status of uh, Exploit Database, and uh, are there any future plans for it? Um, I mean, I know Jim, you guys are already allowed of- to say. Huh? <laughs> Jim, how much am I allowed to say? <laughs> um, I mean, uh, c- current status uh, in, in terms of in terms of future plans. Um, the, there there are future plans. Um, we're just uh, working on other things at the moment. Um, but th- th- we we do have uh, Ben and I spent a lot of time kind of breaking down um, options and and potential uh, for EDB going in the future and. Um, there's some things we want to do, but in order to do them, uh, A, B, and C all have to finish first, and and so there's this dependency tree uh, before those those EDB plans can can take effect. Um, but um, as as soon as those are done, we want to kind of rip and roar, um, and uh, and and that, that should be good. Um, once once we're once we're able to start moving on that. Uh, that that'll be good. I, I I don't think it's it's a good idea to talk about them too specifically because there's a good chance that those plans will change um, between now and then. But at, at a high level, um, what we're looking at is um, what is the the value proposition of EDB and what service has it provided to the industry um, over the years, and how has the industry changed, and how does EDB maintain uh, that ability to provide the same sort of value going forward, um, being responsive to these these changes. Primarily, the the fact that um, you know 
using um due to bug bounty and, and many other things uh the number of exploits that are released keeps going down and there's a degree of uniformity of of what does get released um it's very rare for something novel to, to really come out in the in the public eye like that any longer um <clears throat> and then um related um like w when you were in a pen test and th this was the question that, that ben and i would ask ourselves is um when you were in a pen test before at what point did you use edb and what would you use it for and now when you're in today's types of pen tests how has that changed and how do we get edb back to providing that same same level of value and and so uh we have different approaches that we're we're looking at there put it this way i've got a standard calendar in uh, event in my well i've got yeah i've got a uh, calendar invite uh, event sorry oh, God, my word is not coming out now uh, that says ask Jim about EDB and I will <laughs> ask him once a month saying can we yet start working on it and he's I know it's going to be no because I do everything all the check-ins and I have to <laughs> ask him because I am that so excited to get jumping on this um, yeah. Yeah. I, unfortunately there's just other things blocking it which is why I said you uh, to how much am I allowed to give away because I would have said <laughs> far too much right then <laughs> So, I mean, okay, because when Jim was talking, it's, it almost sounded like there was a question of should it stay or should it go, but, you know. Oh, it here, stayed. Oh, it, it stayed. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I like, to, I like to see the excitement on it. That makes me happy. Yeah. There's so, future stuff coming. Like going back to also something you said earlier, I'm going to jump back because I do this as well. If someone does want to get in touch with me, it's... Uh, I don't try and hide it. I'm trying to use this quite cryptic now, which is ironic. Um, for example, <laughs> if you've used Git, you'll understand that a few things are required. And GitHub have various different things in place now to stop it if you want it. But I take a deliberate step to make it public. Uh, so those people that use that form of communication, I kind of will, they, will kind of, they kind of say, oh, I found you using blah. Uh, it's like, oh, these people have actually got a little bit of sense about them. And <laughs> so, yeah, okay. it, yeah, it does happen. But no, EDB, there's a lot of things I would love to see happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, it, it, it's always been a core part of our industry, even before it was EDB, back when, you know, it was Millworm. Um, you know, that 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 was... It's always been a core important part of, of our industry. We have no intention of, of wanting to, to, to see it die. And, and ultimately, um, what we, we do want to be conscientious of the fact that um, we, without TLC and, and it, as the industry changes, EDB has to change as well. And, and that, that, that's, that's mandatory, that, that has to happen. So that's, that's what we're looking at. I mean. Look from a Cali perspective, tools over time change, and what was relevant ten years ago, man, you might, you might not see them as much, and it's just one of those things being fluid. Okay, um, well, I mean that excites me to know that it's, you know, good changes coming, just kind of like you know the P, uh, the PWB course changes in Cali and stuff like that. It's good. Um, Presentations. So, got got milk. You mentioned that you did some presentations that you like B sides. Um, is that where you uh, what you typically do is like B sides 
presentations like where where do people find you physically you know in the community do you have like local chapters you're a part of uh, hacker houses so where again where i'm from doesn't have many people i'm living out in the sticks there's not too much around me there's a guy in the village that said i'm interested in getting into info six uh info sex so every now and then he comes around and he'll knock on the window and we'll talk and whatever um <laughs> yeah uh but that that's just kind of a bit of luck uh i've once saw a guy in my city the nearest city that actually had a metasploit t-shirt on i'm like okay i went up to him and said i don't know who you are but keep doing whatever you're doing and he kind of had this really weird odd look but yeah if you remember being at the cinema and you're listening to this that's me um but i kind of do i'm again everything i try to say is community is really big for me so b-sides i would try and make the trip down to b-sides london it's a bit of a trek but i do believe that is the way uh i'm always as much as i possibly can do i'm there um any conferences that have live training such as pwk being black hat and defcon i often kind of show my face for that because i'm teaching it uh, I have done DerbyCon a few times, and I know that's no longer running. I have once or twice done a few meetups, what is it, DC 4420 or something along those lines. But again, it's not enough to say. Where I went to uni, there was a really, really good hacker space nearby. So for those years that I was at uni, I could have been found there, but... Hat tip to anyone that's actually running all them now, because I understand and appreciate just how much work goes in. Okay. Um, and um, what's I going to say? So this is kind of a, a, a um, I don't know, more of a fun question. Can you pass all of the offsec training courses? Like, like right now, like if you were to go to the, I don't know, advanced Windows exploitation. Can you just pass it? I mean, you're nope. the one, but really? Nope. Really? So which, what, are, what are the ones that you feel like you could not just pass? Oh, the Windows one. Oh, the Windows. AWA. <laughs> you know, I heard that uh, somebody told me that they, you know, there was somebody who like had a bunch of Windows experience and stuff. And like they took that course and cried in the class. Like, that doesn't okay. surprise me. We had a... We had a guy one time uh, in in one of the early live classes, and he had this nervous tick. Uh, poor guy. Oh he, he he would reach when he was deep in thought. He'd reach back and he'd grab the back of his head and he'd start twirling in like the middle back of his head at, with his hair, and then he'd grab a hair and yank it out. Oh my and goodness! He, he he. It was just like his his nervous tick of of yanking those those hairs out. And as the week went on, this poor man he had this bald spot start developing and then growing and growing as he was ripping the hair out of the the back of his head. And like I was telling Mateo, you literally literally have made this man go bald in a week. <laughs> you know, like uh, self imposed by him ripping his hair out. That that that, that like I said, I, I was student number one for that class. And I, really? I was helping Mateo teach it. Yeah, I mean, like as, as Mateo was writing the material, um, he would send a chapter over to me. I would work through it, um, give him feedback, and and you know back back would go back and forth with it. And then uh, when we premiered it at Black Hat, so it was he and I in the class, and and we had we had a lot of really good classes. I really miss teaching that with him, but um, very 
soon you know it was like maybe year three every year mateo would would add something to it and change it a little bit and it was probably about year three where i started to get lost um where um it just like because i was doing other things i wasn't like spending my time on exploit development um without that constant work in that space mm-hmm. you, you just fall off of it so quick and and so uh that's why i was so happy when alex really uh was was maturing enough where we allowed him to come out in public and um he he came into the class at about that time period and um alex is like a a complete savant he he this is sicky um he he can just he, he's He's a miracle. He's, um, he's that as, annoying as, as person where you can just read something, understands it, and then is able to predict what's on the next page. Yeah, wow. like he he went through. He came in. He was like fourteen at the time, or he's just some ridiculous kid. And then he came in and just like boom, 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 got all of our certs like all in a row. Um, <laughs> just just did did everything. And um, he's it, it's actually really kind of cool watching him grow up and and now you know him as an adult and actually someone that you can put in the public eye. Where like the first few years it was touch and go. It was touch and go. You didn't you didn't want the the public to see him. But but now you know he's a mature member of society. Society. And, and so like we like to think we had something to do with that and, i'm gonna i'm um, gonna tell him that you said that jim <laughs> of course i tell him all the time and uh, no you don't like, you I, have I, all sorts of others <laughs> but uh so so Siki, um he he kind of like took over my role because he could do it so much better in class with mateo and then um as Mateo's role has changed, um, now it's Siki and Morton that uh, that work on AWE and 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 make changes to that every year. And poor Mateo sits back and and just kind of reviews and edits their their work, and then sits back and says, "Oh man, back in the day, back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that, that that's like nonstop. It's it's like this the the, the trend that you hear um, over and over again is like." You know, all of us that are just like maturing up to, to other things, you know, we, we look back at the good old days and we're like, oh, back then, you know, I, 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 I could I could throw this this football over those mountains. You know? <laughs> and um, it's 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 different now when, when you're not not doing it uh, day in and day out. So, so originally, oh, sorry, oh, go ahead. I say originally that course, you could only do it live. And the only opportunity that we would do it was at Black Cat. And one of the years that went gone by, it was a case of, right, you're not going to teach PWK, you're not going to be assistant on anything else, you can actually go ahead and do AWE. And I was excited for it. I started doing all my homework, started looking at it and trying to take it all in. And I knew I had a 10 and a half hour flight sitting next to Alex, the guy. The guy is going to be actually doing the instruction. So I had one-to-one 10 and a half hours. So I said, right. I just started harassing him the entire flight scene. What do I do? What do I do? And I was trying, I was learning it. And I, by the end of this, I said, right, there's four modules. If I can do it, I'll be all right. Um, and I said, right, by the end of the flight, I had module one down. I was like, yes, I can do it. I understand it. Everything makes sense. Um, and he goes, I don't understand why you're getting so happy. I'm like, what do you mean? I've done a, half, I've done a quarter, of the, uh, the quarter of the course. He goes, no, you, you, you don't understand this is the warm-up exercise that we get done Ooh. before lunch. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and it was a case of, all right then. And it yeah. just... So I was like, luckily what they were doing, it, it didn't make sense. But the rest of the course, I was able to follow along and I was able to do this. But I remember just having deer in headlights thinking, looking <laughs> around going, uh, uh, what? 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 
Um, that, it just that class make pretty sense. much assumes you have five years of exploit development experience before you take the class. I, I, and I honestly did not have it. And I, I had bits of it. I've done this. I've stabbled this. I had the theory down, but actually doing it, nah. And it took me maybe a year after the class to actually say, okay, now I understand the course material. And I knew the exam was a hell of a lot different. And I'm, that's why I've never properly sat down and actually gone for it. It's because it, it just doesn't naturally come to me. It takes me so much. Because I don't do it for my day job. It's like keyboard shortcuts. Yep. If you don't use them every single day, week, month, you kind of go, ah, I roughly forgot all this. And you notice you slow down. For exploit dev, it's not always, especially when it gets down to that lower level stuff, I can't keep up. And if I did it day in, day out, I would be in a much better place. But it just doesn't happen. What, um, how, how many, can you say how many, like, AWEs there are? Like, isn't there, like, like 20 or something like that? There's, is it like, certified individuals? Yeah. There's a hell of a lot less than what you think is all I'm going to say. Yeah. It's not that it's, many. It's, 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 it's a very nah. elite group um, that, that have that cert, for sure sure I, I don't know what the numbers are honestly that's not just me holding back um i i, I it's been a while since i looked at the, those numbers i can't remember my own birthday half the time so much <laughs> less remembering those so. yeah wow okay so uh getting to sort of the last few questions here uh for both of you what is what's probably the greatest hack um that you guys ever witnessed or done yourselves that you can recall that you're like most proud of <laughs> there's what I can say publicly there's what I can say that would get me in trouble and there's what I have to say is then redacted <laughs> that, that <laughs> you can phrase it in a safe way I want to think about it while Jim witnessed. takes over uh, there's various ones I remember doing on a certain network let's say where your activity was monitored and we were able to spoof it. Oh, wow. Okay. So it expected X amount of people to be in a room and realistically only Y was in there. And they had more than one way of telling. Huh. That to so... me, I remember going, sitting down uh, on a certain afternoon running of this nice little script that I was made and it just did all my bidding for me. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I was expecting something that resulted in a shell, but you know, no, I mean, also, that's amazing. Other things that I have done back going to the days of school. Now it was, um, we used to have it on a certain, was it like a Thursday afternoon? And that was it for the rest of the day. And this network was done really badly. I mean, to the point being, you could unplug the Ethernet cable, plug it back in, and it would have a broadcast storm, and it would go down magically. That always would go down quite well, especially with the other classmates. And we were quite close to the coast at that time. So, like, Thursday, beach day. Hmm. That, that was a nice one. Um, vending machines, for some reason, were hooked up, and making free drinks appear. It was like, now nah, that's, like, doesn't happen or thingy. And then when you actually start doing it to people, they're like, oh, that was fun. Wow. I've done that one a couple of times. I don't, I honestly, because I've then sat online, found the manual. I'm like, how have you configured it so badly to allow this to happen? 
<laughs> and yet this was in the place. Oh, vending machine hacks. I didn't even think about that. Wow. It's just that night because I mean, if I can go to um, various different people, uh, let's pick on my mum again, for example. You can give her like a command prompt or a root shell. She's like, eh, whatever. But you then start saying, I press this button and a Coke can drops out. That has real world implementation. That to me is a so much more meaningful than a root shell. It's you can actually demonstrate something. Yeah, I, I always think kinetic uh, results are the things that matter the most. Um, if you can have something happen in physical space, that means something more to people. So like if you're doing a hospital, um, accessing patient records is great. But if you're able to, like, say, jackpot the narcotic distribution system, that's better. You know, um, like I, I remember one time we got like a handful of Vicodin, um, you know, and, and that and, and so, uh, you know, that that obviously means a lot to the to the hospital. Um, and it's something that they, they don't really expect. Um, I, I remember like an assembly line that, that we were doing manufacturing network. And then there was a um, SCADA system that was attached to it that was a safety control items in terms of what chemicals mix with each other and then like when we got in there you saw the the color of of the customer contacts face just go completely pale and um, <laughs> you know and then, then when you tabletop it you realize that you could cause an explosion that could kill th 20 30 people um you know and then much less the the, the impact that comes after that of having like a a super fun site because of the chemical spill and like what they deal with and, and the chemicals that they're dealing with and where they're located located next to a river and then the, the chemical bloom of the, the the fire afterwards and who would have to be evacuated and you know so it's like all these these real world results that come out of uh doing an assessment um like that um th those are the things that to me always um jump forward the the, the biggest one is, is isn't one that uh, unfortunately it's under nda and it's, it's it's one of those items where like you can't even generalize enough that um it's it, it's it's too specific um to mm -hmm. to to the industry and 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 everything but um but the, the, there there were there was one that that we did as part of an assessment that um wound up the the result was it was it wasn't in the u.s um but it was, it was for a different country and um it went uh, we had to brief the number three person in the government um because the the result was a complete national security matter to them um and that um that was a big deal um and and um you 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 see that sort of thing every now and then when you're when you're doing assessments um like once you get out of the the retail sort of churn of of doing pci compliance tests and such and you you get into some of these other ones um that that's 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 where it gets really interesting um even even like sometimes not so serious so there was a healthcare insurance company that we did and they we we wrapped up early and they specifically asked that we put pictures of their executive team um taken off of their webcams into the report um because they wanted to drive that home to them and so of course you get that in writing before you do it um you know but then once you have that in writing let's go for it and you you put in um you, you start putting those snapshots in there and it's 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 it means more, you know, you have that report that has something more than just like, oh, look, this is, you know, domain admin. Uh, th this is some intellectual property that, that came out. This is no, it's 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 meat space. It's 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 kinetic. It's real world. And, and that that 
when, when you're trying to enact change through your work, um, you got to hit people where, where they care. And people always care more in meat space than they do cyber. Yeah. Now, when you say meat space, you, you mean like in the physical realm? Yeah, yeah, yeah real, real world. just be lazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can remember times like hijacking the radio on the bus and actually putting <laughs> our music on. Um, and you kind of, yeah, FM transmitters, and you kind of figured out what station, and you would just make it more powerful and whatever. But that was that had impact. Other ones is I worked retail um, for a while, and just messing around with those pin pads, you found like, oh, you can do this. So then just changing it from English to Spanish, and then having to watch your colleagues having to interact, like, <laughs> or um, getting games up on the terminal. So when you didn't, you weren't actually serving people, you could be sitting there doing whatever you wanted, really. And that, that, that to me is, I, w- I wouldn't say it's the biggest hack, but it's like it makes people's heads turn and just think, hmm. I can remember going to DerbyCon one year, and the, I don't still to this day don't fully understand it. But this guy was turning off all the televisions, turning him on, and then he had a Cali screen up. He was somehow hijacking. And I, even with my head, I was like, hmm, I don't know what he's doing, but I have huge appreciation of he's done something <laughs> to hack something. And mm. that's like magic. And I knew, if, I'm sure there's the answer out there, and I've just not heard about it. But that, to me, was like a big hack because you can visibly see TakeOver. What's um, I kind of want to start, and this is like the last section I have. Um, and this is kind of more plugs for offsec. This is kind of the offsec plugs <laughs> section. Um, before I get into too many of the plugs, though, I do want to ask you what what um, I'll just ask it how I have it here. Um, you guys have made a bunch of changes to Cali. Um, you know, recently. Um, so I wanted to ask um. Like, kind of talk about what kind of changes were made to the operating system, like kind of the thought process behind those changes. And then what kind of operating system do you both use, like, as your daily drivers? Uh, If not Cali. So I... Go for it, Ben. For my... I I have various different bits of hardware. I will admit, I live on a Mac hardware. Uh, I have this. I had this MacBook Air from when I first joined Offset now seven years ago, and I literally ran that into the ground till last year. I refused all upgrades because that's my jam. That was just my thing. I would have Mac on it. Everything I did inside was then virtual machines. Mm-hmm. I refused to really interact too much with the host. Uh, I have a desktop PC by the side of me, and for the life of me, I can't put Windows on it. I, <laughs> I, I. I I've tried and I have tried and I have tried to put Windows on it and I cannot get Windows on it. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's put Kali on it. So my desktop to the side of me runs Kali. Then inside of that, I then, again, start up VMs if I need anything. Um, I'll let Jim say what hardware he uses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same sort of deal. Um, you know, you use a Mac a lot. I, I, when, I, when I was coming up, I was... Um, I, I, I island hopped between operating systems all the time. And so like I even ran like BOS as my primary operating system for, for a few years back, back when that was a thing. And um, I'll, I'll admit like 
I was a latecomer to Linux because I was a BSD person. I, I always liked um, FreeBSD, OpenBSD. That's where I spent most of my time. That, that's where I learned Unix because I was working at an ISP back in the day that uh, used BSDI um, as, as the backend servers. And so that, that's, that's, that's my Unix. Um, and then it wasn't really until like uh, Gen 2. Ultimately, I hated Red Hat. I hated RPMs. Um, and so I, I never really went down that road until... Um, until Gen 2 came about and then, uh, you know, obviously uh, the Debian environment. Um, but so so I, I used to hop around quite a bit, but um, I used Next Step as as an operating system um, for, for a period of time when I was in high school. We had some Next Cubes. Um, like I said, it was a math and technology man magnet. So they had some some interesting hardware. No one really knew how to use them. These are the old uh, monochrome Next boxes and um, I, I used to like to get on them because there was never a line and uh, it was just cool. It was fun. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, back when I was running BSD, I ran uh, OpenStep quite a bit. Uh, so when Apple wound up buying Next and seeing that integration of the technologies, it was really that was really awesome to me. Um, seeing that that Next environment get get sucked into um, this this new, more updated uh, sort of sort of space. And so. Um, I, I kind of jumped in there before that I was just always uh, BSD desktops um, and that now I, I, I have multiple hardware, you know, whether it be, you know, my, the, the, the laptop, I got dedicated Kali systems um, with, with just bare metal installed. Um, and even I, I use the iPad quite a bit. I, I travel a ton any longer. And so, um, you know, one of the, the key items is how do I stay, you know, optimal on the road, you know, and, and I don't always like to use Wi-Fi. So having quick, easy access to LTE is is uh, kind of a thing. And then plus two is just my job has changed and um, more and more of it is management level items. Um, it, it, it's, uh, you know, having just the basics of email and documents, you know, is, is where you spend most of the t time. So having, um, you know, a lot of horsepower is less important. Having access to VMs becomes less important. Um, and in terms of, of Cali, I, I think this, this is a, a, a nice segue into, into a topic that, that comes out quite a bit um, is this this aspect of Cali as a desktop and, and whether or not people should should really use Cali on there. Um, that, that, that's an interesting thing. Um, if you look at the evolution of, of the operating system, um, you know, it was originally made for a live CD and then it, it, it evolved into being VMs. And then but there was no package management system in, in the old ones because uh, it was all Slack based. And uh, you, you, you get into um, the VMs and we realized we need an update mechanism. And so uh, we, we made it Ubuntu based, uh, Ubuntu based. And uh, then uh, we 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 went I, I had to throw that in there because of uh, uh owen um so owen if you hear that that's 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 to tick you off um but uh so so we we we, we had that and then as, as we were on that platform it just like we realized the, that was a mistake from the outset and so we wanted to go full debian base and so so we go down there and and as we we've we've it's always been this this aspect of what it's built for um and and yeah, we we don't have like there, there's some protections and some some t items that are just uh, part of some Linux distributions that we don't put into Kali. Um, but does that mean you can't run it as your desktop? Does that mean you can't um, use it as as your your your, your base item? I, I I don't know so much about that. I, I think that at the end of the day. Um, 
we're, we're a Debian derivative. You, you, you take Debian and we make some modifications and we, we have uh, uh, different repos with, with different packages, but, but ultimately we're, we're a derivative of Debian testing. And if, if you're the sort of person that is comfortable with running Debian testing as an operating system, um, then Kali's not that much different from, from where you are there. Um, where we, we minimize the amount of changes that we make from Debian, uh, if for no other reason than to protect ourselves. Um, because, because we want to, we want to focus on the work that is actually delivering value. And the more we deviate from the main line, the more long-term maintenance work that we have to do to maintain that, those deviations. So we stay as close to main line as possible. And, uh, so, so we're very similar to, to, to just base Debian, uh, testing there. Um, it's, it's not necessarily user-friendly and we're not something that you want to jump to as your, as your initial Linux. Um, and we certainly don't optimize, like we don't have a, a word processor or spreadsheet or anything like that as, as the base. And, and there's not really a reason for us to do so, but how, they're in the repos. And, and, and so mm -hmm. if, if somebody wants to, even though we're not building for that use case, um, I see a lot of people having these really strong kind of weird responses saying you're an idiot if you do it you're blah 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 i was like i i, yeah. I don't i don't quite get that I, if, if you want to do it and you're, you're a linux head and you know what you're doing then go for it man you know i mean that, that's that's your call um and and of course bare metal cali is a thing you, you do it on servers that you remote into and uses pivot systems you do it on laptops that you don't want the overhead of the vms that's a thing we we got to do it we got to support it and we're, we're going to make it as good as possible it's just not made to be a consumer operating system and it never will be um Ethan we also don't have we don't have we don't have like this big big team we're actually full-time it's really small there's a lot of part-time and then a lot of it's just coming down to the community we cannot support operating people saying oh how do i install steam it's like if you can't <laughs> install steam yourself that's that's on you we just cannot do the whole yeah. hand-holding situation yeah. that that's an, that's one thing to bear in mind like Jim said, we come from a, we're a rolling distribution using Cali, uh, sorry, Debian testing. Debian testing doesn't have their security branch. So if you want the stability, so unless you do app get update, app disk mm -hmm. uh, upgrade, you're not actually going to get the security patches. So as long as you're comfortable making sure you're always keeping everything up to date, you get the security patches, but then your software is going to get updated with it. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. Um, there's different pros and cons for it all. Like if you're in production, you're going to want something stable. You want an environment that works. And if there's a vulnerability, you want a patch and you want a patch, you don't want to upgrade to the next subversion because configuration might break or this might behave differently. You just need to keep those patches in. Whereas Kali just doesn't have that. We don't have a security branch anymore. It's all just dumped into one. Um, uh, there was one other thing I was going to say that I've completely derped over. Well, while you're thinking of that, <laughs> um, I, the most gripes that I hear you've already covered about, you know, using as a daily driver, I hear that the other decision to remove Python two, um, <laughs> I'm sure y'all, yeah, hear that a lot too. So yeah, this is one of the things I was going to mention previously. Debian's remove. We have this linked with Debian. And oh, Debian okay. is moving, because we are a fork of Debian, uh, whatever Debian does, we're going to do to try and mimic as close as possible to Debian. If Debian's removing Python, we've got to remove Python. Otherwise, the amount of overhead 
is mm -hmm. grows dramatically. I mean, you've seen all those pip installs and all the requirements and trying to keep all them <laughs> and all these versions. It, we just have not got the time or manpower to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they're dropping it, we've also got to look at dropping it as well. Uh, as a result, mm -hmm. yeah, there's tools that we just cannot now longer do. And people get upset about that. Um, is that our fault? Well, we are, yes, we are dropping it. I mean, for an example, is uh, I will mention here is Nmap's GUI. Was it Zenmap? Z, yeah. yeah. Zenmap, yeah. Z I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't use think I've ever used that. That's my point. It's for the best. <laughs> I don't use it. No one on the team really uses it. But as soon as it got removed from the repo, my God, we heard some feedback. Mm -hmm. um, and there was so many people that were really unhappy and like, well, I'm going back to an older version or I'm switching to this alternative product. It's like, you do you, but we cannot support it anymore. And like, well, add it back in. Well, upstream's not going to update this code that's no longer been updated. So why should, it's just, we've got, again, like we mentioned earlier, tools change over time. We've got to be dynamic, we change. As long as we've still got the functionality in there, it's just about keeping up to date with the industry, just like anything else. I mean, the medical profession, you've got all these new techniques, drugs coming out. They, doctors, they need to keep up to date. Pen testers need to keep up to date with all everything the latest. It's, if you have this mindset from, let's say, you're, I don't know, a PHP developer that's PHP 4, <laughs> try and code in PHP 7 now. Well, yeah, it, it just doesn't work. You've got to keep up with your industry. Hmm. Um. And then um, who are some of the, and this is kind of a rapid fire question, who are some of the people that helped uh, build out stuff like that? Like with the Cali, it's you. Who are some of the other people and like where can we find their work? And I ask that um, to more so promote them, you know, as a developer, you know, and de promote their brand. Um, so who are some of these other people that kind of contribute to Cali and different things in all that? that um, uh, for... Yeah, I mean, for for Cali, we have the about page, um, which has the, the 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 core the core team. I mean, obviously, um, the 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 transition of backtrack to Cali, um, not one hundred percent, but core was driven by Maddie, Devin, and Raphael, um, and. Um, Devin uh, is, is is not as uh, so much actively involved anymore. Um, he's he's more on the content side and focused most of his effort there. Maddie is 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 more or less retired from the industry at the moment, um, and um, you know Raphael is is still very heavily involved. Raphael is kind of like our 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 guru when it, he's a, he's a core Debian developer and he he's he's a core Cali developer and so he really um, serves as that bridge for us. He literally um, wrote the Debian handbook. He literally yeah, wrote the Debian handbook. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So and then obviously we got we got Ben, we got we got Daniel, we got uh, Daniel does all of our, our UI um, stuff, and so so the, a lot of the the updates and changes to the UI is is, is credit to him. Uh, Steve uh, with the, the the ARM and ARM sixty four. Uh, Joe is is part of the team now and it is is, is contributing in a, a lot of different areas. Um, Reason uh, Net of, Hunter testing. NetHunter reason you can't overstate that. Um, NetHunter had pretty much gone stagnant for for a period of time, and and reason he came in and just really more than revitalized that thing. I mean, it, like NetHunter is is really kicking anymore, and we're we're very proud of the work that that he's he's driven on there. 
um you know so so there's there's and then there's a bunch of uh one of the core things about Cali that we've changed over this this last year is it used to be that in order to really do anything, you had to be part of OFSEC and it was a very closed sort of environment. And and we've um, a lot of reasons for that, but but we, we, we're trying to go the other way and uh, we've opened it up quite a bit for community contributions now. And so if you want to do if, if there's a tool that's not part of Cali and you want to package it up, we have instructions on how to do that. We have the, the Git repo is open for it so you can make that submission. Same thing with our documentation. All of that is in public Git now. And so we've got a lot of people that are contributing um, changes to the documentation, um, updates, modifications, um, items like that. Uh, so so it's it's certainly very uh, very helpful and it's it's great to be open like that so we also want to put the idea is everything is going to go down to markdown um so cali tools will end up in this so if you want to get documentation for the tools we will look into it's not yet finalized what i'm saying here is but if we kind of want to get if you want to record a video let's say demonstrating the tool we'll ha somehow have the ability to be able to linking videos um so if people have done something nice cool they can show it off that could be either people using the tools or the tools author we want to go down that route uh, and then also we want to get the whole website potentially on some type of markdown i love markdown yeah same so pretty i'm actually using markdown <laughs> for, for these questions <laughs> I do all my notes, all my engagements, all my develop, everything I do is in Markdown. Um, I will admit, I use it for everything. What, what editor do you use? Uh, Sublime. Oh, okay. I use Adam. <laughs> Jim uses VI. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Old school. Nano. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, 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 we have those arguments. Yeah. Are you guys, do you guys have like the nano Vim type? Do y'all use nano at all? Nano's the baby editor. That, that, that's the, the editor on training wheels. And then you eventually graduate up uh, to a real editor. So that, that's, that's, we actually I'm call it out if people use Emacs during live sessions and all that. Or what was the other one we saw the other day? Jack, someone was actually using uh, just like, why are you using these really? No, get with the program, guys. So, and this is actually the last question. Um, and uh, more, this is more of a sales pitch <laughs> uh, question because um, you guys, you guys have proving grounds. Um, and I feel like like not a lot of people even really know what's in the proving grounds and like how it differs from PWK. So my question is, why should companies invest in proving grounds? And then, you know, what's unique about it? How does it differ from the OSCP? And then on top of that, why shouldn't companies just simply give each and every one of their employees like um, put them in the OSCP course? You know, rather than just investing largely in PW, um, in proving grounds where there's not really a certification for it. Yeah. So what's yeah. kind of your so this is a this is a student life cycle question mm -hmm. right um you, you you start your relationship with offensive security chances are you start that relationship at the pwk level it's a foundational item it's not necessarily easy it's foundational but you, you have requirements that you have to hit before you're really going to find success there but that that's where we start 
Um, so then once you graduate out of PWK, you complete the OSCP, there's a few different places you can go. If, if you want to specialize in exploit development, then there's, there's one route you can go. If you uh, want to go into more advanced pen testing, then there's a different route. And so, so there, there's, there's these different avenues and we have a few right now and, you know, tomorrow we'll have more, you know, there, there's, a, there's always expansion that's going to be occurring there. Um, the proving grounds is is an, is another option. Uh, it's it's made as a next step after someone completes the OSCP experience to 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 be a challenge. Um, the the PWK lab, the way I like to word it is the PWK lab is a learning environment, and as such, there is you know some easy systems, some hard systems, some medium systems because. Positive reinforcement really matters a lot when you're learning. You can't just have nothing but very difficult items because that just destroys you and kills your motivation and you, you never go anywhere. Um, so you got to have some some gimmies, some, some easy successes. Now, the Proving Ground, on the other hand, is built to be a simulation of a real-world environment. And the real world doesn't necessarily give you gimmies. You know, it, it, it's it's a lot more... more um, unforgiving and and that's what the proving ground is made to to be i don't necessarily recommend it as an option for someone that has not yet completed the oscp experience oh. because they're going to get frustrated you're, you're, you're it's, it's it's not it's not made for you at that point um it, it's not made to be a learning environment it's made to be a challenge environment it's meant to kick your ass and uh that that that's the whole point uh, you 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 complete oscp and, and now you go in there and uh there's two different ways you can use it one is like a your company gives you access to it and it's a stay sharp sort of area where whenever you have downtime you can go in there and stay active and 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 keep working and it's also a challenge environment like man i really these when i'm in assessments these web apps are kicking my butt I, i'm going to focus on the web app aspects of these um the, the other thing to call out on the proving ground is not every system <clears throat> excuse me not every system is directly exploitable on, on its own there's dependency chains that matter a lot and so you might want to target system x but you're not going to attack system x until you get a b c and d and then you get a little bit of information from each one of those items that you can then leverage to get to into system x and and again it's very much like the real world you know how many times are you doing an assessment you get in somewhere you access a network share that gives you something that gives you into something else and then once you're in there you find like some admin saved a text file with a bunch of passwords and then you grab some of those passwords and then that gets you into something else that you never would have got into before but you since you have this other bits of information now you can now you can do so um the proving ground is, is very much that same same sort of item and so uh again we talked about stresses before this is another one of those stresses uh you enumerate out the network you identify where those targets are how do you decide which targets to go after? Because not every target is going to be directly exploitable. You might have to go through this indirect path in order to get in there. And so then you start questioning yourself like, man, I'm putting like two hours into this box. Is this a waste of time? Maybe I just can't even get right into it. Maybe I got to go somewhere else. And, and that, that again is one of those stresses that you have in the real life that, that is, is better to experience in a lab environment instead of a, a real world environment to get used to that and build up your confidence and help your decision making in terms of how you make those calls of when do I call it? You know, maybe I'm, 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 I'm going to say I'm done with this machine for today. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to keep it in my notes. I got to come back to it. It's not completed, but maybe there's some other things I need to do before I go back and, and, and learning how to balance that, 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 that's what the proving ground is, is, is all if about. You, if it, you're... It's, it's completely on that life cycle. 
Sorry, Jim. Yeah, you're good. I was going to say, if you are in that mindset of just go for those like root.txts and then mm-hmm. move on, this you're going to fail so hard. Um, I mean, open up, let's say, the internet browser, see what's been cached, have a look what they've looked at, see if there's any saved passwords. Oh, look, you might get things out of it here. Mm-hmm. Other things is there's machines in it. Um, this is not a spoiler, but there's machines in that network that you just cannot hack. That's the idea unless you're dropping an O-Day. It's fully patched. They're not designed to get your way in. Hey. Other ones is you might, you might be able to just go and say... Um, you local access only like the idea of then escaping privileges does not not work the idea is that machine is fully locked down at that point but if you spend hours if not days if not weeks trying to get root on it and there's no indication uh like because again there's a i don't want to say a scoring system but there's like an indication here of saying this machine's complete it will not reveal if it is or isn't mm-hmm and uh, the other thing I'll throw out there is um, a little tease is, is stay tuned for more PG options and, and, and configurations and whatnot. What so does that mean? There, there's activity options. happening. There. Uh, play, playground, oh. playground options. Uh, you know, the more, uh, more and different configurations and, and uh, opportunities to, to, to get engaged with that, that, that product class, let's call it. And so calling it a product, let's call it a product class. And, and we'll see what that turns into um, later this year. All right. So that sounds like a, a, another cold cast exclusive teaser. Uh, <laughs> there I love you go. I'm like, keep feeding me. Keep feeding me. Um, Jim's dropped <laughs> subtle hints throughout, but he's not made them completely obvious. He's so much more better and subtle than doing it than I am. I'm getting a little bit too into it. Tactful. That's good. That's good. I like that they're here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I said that was like my last question. I have some one-offs. Uh, the Cali Dragon, where did that come from? Mm. I'll, I'll tell this story. I'll, I'll try to make it quick because um, because th- there's a lot of history here. Um, we so so initially when when Maddie first started out, the the idea was to change the logo on every release, and uh, he would do uh, these contests of you submit off a, a logo and then we'll pick the the best one and that that's the one that we'll go with and uh, the dragon was submitted and and um individual won a prize for it and then that's the one but it was just like so popular the idea of throw of you changing the logo time and time again kind of went out the window um and that um that, that that went away and so so the dragon was there now we found out some years later um apparently the, the individual that submitted it off to us didn't have the rights to it it wasn't an original creation hmm. and that sucked i mean like we, we didn't know this and we felt horrible about the situation um and so we were able to track down the individual that that originated and 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 he was he was not so happy he kind of felt like this company stole my work and and um he, he was he was unhappy um and so we reached out to him. It was like, we want to compensate you. We'll buy out the rights and, and, and we'll do this. And he, he didn't reply. And, and, and then we reached out again and he wouldn't reply. He was still like posting on, uh, what was it? DeviantArt, I think it was. He was posting on there about how he was upset and, you know, this company is doing him dirty and, and everything. And, um, but he wouldn't reply to us. And, and we knew he was getting the messages because we were sending emails and through the platform and like everything else. They were showing up as red, but he just wouldn't reply. And uh, then, then as we were getting ready to migrate from Backtrack to Cali, and uh, one, one of the items of, of that migration is this is a fresh start and we want to make sure everything is clean and we were not happy with the dragon situation and um 
So we were we we told him, look, if we can't buy this from you and make it right, we we got to stop using it, and um, we're going to go to a different different logo. And uh, again, no response. And so we we hired a bunch of different design firms and had different logos made. And uh, you know, we wanted to keep a dragon motif, but we, and like some of the crap that people were submitting us, like they took the, <laughs> one was the Mortal Kombat dragon, and it was flipped to look the other way. And they submitted like this is their original. It's like you want us to pay you for this design work where you just took like you 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 did the the, the flip option in photoshop and that was it uh, you know i like it's so we weren't really crazy with the options but we did come down to to one logo that we were going to go with um and and we sent him one last item and says like amigo look we're sorry for everything that led up to it It was unintentional we're trying to make this right with you but but we're this is going to be the last time you hear from us um we will buy this logo from you we'll pay you for it outright otherwise if you don't if, if you don't respond we're just going to stop using it we're going to go with something all new and then he replied and he sold us the logo and we bought out all the rights. And I don't know why he took so long to, to respond, but I'm really glad he did because that dragon, it means so much to us. It means so much to, to other people in the community. It was great work that he did um, and, and he should be compensated and taken care of for it. And, and it was an unfortunate situation that led up to that. Um, but um, I'm really happy that, that we were able to make it right um, and smooth things over and then get the dragon as part of of Cali free and clear with, with clear copyright ownership and, and everything else. And so, um, that, that was, uh, that was a huge stress off of us. And, and, and we're just glad with how everything ended up, especially because us as well as so many other people have the dragon tattooed on us that we, uh, uh-huh. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a permanent part of a, of of us as as who we are. So, it, what was it at one uh, stage? We, we, about eighty percent of the company had it tattooed on them. Really? They had like an annual. Yeah. It was like an annual trip, uh, trip at Black Hat. We would go get the dragon tattooed put on pe- employees. Uh-huh. Are you are you yeah, both yeah. branded I, with that? I am not. No, <laughs> Jim is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 at one point in time, we made the observation that we were less of a company and more of a gang. I like in that, like you, you had to like in part of the initiation is you had to get the tattoo. Uh, there was certain like uh, clothing that only we would make only for the team members and da 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 da. And it, 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 it like this is back when uh, what was that show that, that biker show that used to be on on TV that was that was pretty popular. Uh, I, I forget the name of it, but there's there that biker show, and like I was watching that as I, I was looking at us at Black Hat one year. I was like, man, this is there's some similarities here, you know. This is, uh, but that, that that was that was quite quite some time ago, um, you know. Th- those days have come and gone. Yeah, I was gonna add, add this. One of my questions too that I wrote while we were talking is, you know, what do you think about people in the community that get the Cali tat, you know, tattoo and all that? Is that like play? I have a friend that's like, dude, don't get that. That's played out. Yeah. But like, what do y'all think about it? <laughs> I, I I would argue out. I mean, it, it, if if it means something to you, it means something to you. You shouldn't get it. You, you should not get that dragon tattoo because you're trying to fit in, or or you know. I mean, there, there, there's but just, that's like any tattoo. You 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 get it because it means something to you, and and it has personal meaning. And at that point, to hell what anyone else thinks about it. This is your personal decision, and this is your call to to make. And uh, when 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 people get it, and and uh, you know they they have these stories. 
stories. They'll, they'll come up to us in conferences like, look what I got. It's on my thigh. It's on my back. It's on my arm. It's on my leg. Um, you know, and and they'll have these stories about like how, you know, their, their life was going one way and they got involved in the class and it turned it around that now they got this whole new career and it means something to them. And, and their stories will bring a tear to your eye and, and, and you can see this impact that you had on somebody's life. And, um, and, and this is how they want to memorialize it, you know, and, and they, 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 they put this dragon on them, you know, seriously, I, I, I would argue against anyone making fun of that because you don't know why someone does something like that. Now, again, you, you shouldn't do it just because you're trying to fit in. You should do it because like, like anything, it should be meaningful to you and, and, and you should have a story and it should be, it, it, it should be, um, it should be something that you can talk to and 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 explain this is this is how it's impacted my life this is how it means um and and it's we're really proud of that we're we're proud of that 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 meaning that the dragon has for so many people and and i don't know of any other logos in our industry um that people tattoo on themselves that they want stickers on their laptops so much that they'll put on uh, desktop patterns all the time even when they're not using cali i mean it, th th this dragon shows up a lot um and and uh, it, it's, 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 I, I just don't know of anything else that like you don't brand yourself with a company logo or, you know, very often, you know, and, and you don't do it in, in this sort of way, you know, it's, it's, um, and, and that, that, that's not lost on us and 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 the, the like when, when i took over cali um the ultimate responsibility for cali I'll, I'll tell you it wasn't um it, 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 it's a responsibility it's a responsibility to caretake something that you did not create and 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 it will last it was there before you and it will be there after you and and you have to caretake it and protect it for the brand uh, and for everybody that's put work into it before and everybody that will after and and it's the same thing with the certs it's the same thing with everything this is this is caretaking this is this is protection this is uh, this is um uh, nurturing so that these these items continue to grow and and that that's how we look at it and that's how we 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 see our space in this industry and 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 why we take so many of these things so seriously is is uh it, it's, it's for everything that's come before and it's for everything that'll come after i just give out stickers if i see a someone's got a tattoo of it <laughs> nice <laughs> okay my last thing and i promise this is the last thing this is my biggest problem that I personally have with OSSEC. My biggest problem. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys ready for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. It is so hard to find merch for OSSEC. Yeah. Where is the merch? Yeah. I need Cali. I have one Cali shirt. I need some Cali shoes. I need a Cali hat. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, yeah. I need some merch and I need stickers too. Where can I get those items? <laughs> You, you you've seen that offsite merchandise store that we have now probably right? not is that new yeah i haven't looked in a while um it came out a few months ago like early was it it was earlier this year it was some point um, this year yeah yeah i mean listen the fact that that you don't necessarily know about it is is an indicator that we probably need to hype it a little bit more right so so that's on us um and, and so the, there there is a store um we we did it in conjunction with uh hacker warehouse um, and so uh, I, I, I've known uh, the, the individuals running Hacker Warehouse for going way, way back, way before I was even at Offsec. Um, it was I, I think I met him at Torcon one year um, and we were doing um, uh, 
doing uh, presentations and it was, it was, you know, a real good guy. Um, a lot of respect for him. Hacker Warehouse has been around for a long time. It's always at all the cons, good, good reputation. Um, and so we partnered with them uh, mainly because, you know, let's, let's let them do what they're good at instead of us trying to do a store. Um, and, and it's, it's gone well. We're, we're looking at like another wave of, of designs and, and, and whatnot. Um, so so that that's um that's not ready yet but but more will be coming i think we're gonna have more cali items like the, the first time there was some cali but it was mostly offsec um and then the second time around it will probably be uh, a little bit more cali we're having some internal discussions um because we're protective of the brand we're protective of the the logo and we want to make sure that it's, it's something something good um and and so uh we're, we're trying out different ideas and different designs and so we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes um you know hats mugs uh shirts different shirts polos uh you know something you can wear in a professional setting something you can wear in a in a less uh professional you know th th those are all on the table now prices aren't, aren't the cheapest in the world because it's all like uh, print on demand um so then that way you, you, you're not having to worry it's a double-edged sword you're not worrying about running out of stock because they're made for you as you order on the other hand since they're made for you one off they're um the, the cost is a little bit higher so so that that's the reality of that situation um if we see that there's a uh, good movement we see what types of things are popular then doing offset prints and to lower that price is always an option um but but we really want to see what the the community responses and, and what people like before uh we we go down that road so it'll happen all i need is the hoodie with the dragon on the back big i'm good I'm, I, yep I, yep I yep i just had to get my request yep in. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you for both sure. so much. We've been gone for like three hours and almost 20 minutes. This has been amazing. <laughs> this has been a dream come true, to be honest with you. Um, small piece about me. I mean, Jim, you kind of already know a little bit. You know, I mean, you guys yep. like are kind of yep. omniscient, like where you guys already know <laughs> stuff about. I feel like, you know, you guys already done your research and whatnot um, in a sense. Um, but, you know, I started out with no Linux experience at all. I was a gamer. That's it. All I knew about computers. Started out, went through the OSCP um, process, got hired on at Coal Fire, and now I'm here talking mm -hmm. to you. You know what I mean? So it's yep, just yep. a testimony to the power that's in your course, um, a testimony of how passionate I am about you guys um, as a company, as a brand, and as people. Um, and I, I want to say, you know, for a last piece, do you guys have anything that you wanted to tell, you know, the audience uh, that you guys want them to know about where you guys are going to be at next? Like what's, um, you know, what can they look forward uh, to coming from both of you um, as kind of a final piece? Gotcha. I, I sent you the link to the store. Oh, sweet. Um, so, so, so you have that now. Um, in, in terms of like where we're going to be, that's a hard one to answer today, right? Um, considering mm -hmm. everything's like still in lockdown, um, you know, we'll 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 see. Um, I can't can't really answer that one so much. Um, you know, I, obviously we're we're uh, always looking for contributions and and uh, involvement from people on the Cali side. And on the offsex side, um, of course, you know we're we're 
we we got that recent uh, release of the updated version of PWK. It's something we're very proud of. We it's essentially twice the content, um, uh, the amount of content, the volume of it has certainly gone up. Um, and so we we've been getting good feedback on that, and we're really happy to 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 hear that. Um, we'll have other. Uh, items coming out this year um you know we, we we tend to take the apple approach of not talking about something until it's until it's out um and there's a lot of reasons for that but um one of which is we want to maintain that ability to continue to tweak and make changes until it's ready to to, to go go out we don't want to ever ship anything until it's ready just because we have some artificial date um that that we have to hit so uh, we tend to keep our mouth shut. We actually learned that the hard way on Cali. We used to like give out dates on Cali. That new release of Cali will be on this date. And then we're like, ah, we're not ready to do it. We want to do this and this first. And then like people would get up in arms and start yelling about it. It's like that that was that was that's a good lesson. We just, you know, keep our mouth shut. We'll give uh, Cali, we know we're gonna do quarterly releases and you can bank on that, but it's a rolling distro. So at the end of the day, um, you know, when we do a release doesn't matter so much. Um, uh, and then on, on offsec, we just, you know, until we're ready to ship something, we will just keep our mouth shut about it. So, um, that, that's, that's pretty much how things will continue to operate. All right. Um, no, any talks coming up like B sides or anything, or uh, will the next thing be like black hat if the coronavirus like allows? Yeah. B black hat's the next scheduled item. I, I think our. CEO is, is scheduled to give some some keynote somewhere. Um, I, I forget where she's Texas. doing that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something like that. It's, it's actually the uh, individual that runs uh, helps run uh, Wallace Sheep. Uh, he has a conference that hmm. that uh, he he helps do it. So he's 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 doing that one. So sounds really interesting. Um, I, I think that's in September. So hopefully you know hopefully that will be allowed to go through. Um, and, but we'll see we'll see what happens. All right. If you guys don't have anything else, last final words. I always like to, to leave it open. But, um, I mean, we've said a lot here. Thank you both yeah. so much again for coming on. Um, amazing. I'm like still starstruck. Um, thank you. Thank you for being my guest on Colcast. And I think we'll end it there. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for having us, amigo.